Hello and welcome to the Ghoul Squad Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Ghoul Squad Podcast, everybody. I'm Keegan Preslak. I'm Eric Ha. And this is a horror podcast where two buddies in the middle of nowhere, somewhere in New Mexico, get together hopefully once a month mm-hmm. and uh, talk about horror movies. Uh, every episode we try to do a topic. What's our topic this episode? We're, we're going a little different this time. Yes, yes. We're, we're doing we're... our favorite non-horror films. And as I was just telling you before we started recording, it looks so weird to look at my list. And not see a horror film there. Yeah, it's very odd. And I kind of feel like a lot of people, like, we we kind of announced on Twitter that we were going to do top five non-horror. And, some, and the two people that follow us said. <laughs> yeah, and then some of our friends are like, why are you guys doing non-horror? Right. And so I, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. We're right. going to do, this is going to be a little bit different. The point of this episode is so that you can get to know Eric and I as film fans and you'll have more context as to what you may like that we suggest and things like that. Exactly. Um, also, you know, of course, we love all movies. So this will be that episode, and we'll, we'll never talk about non-horror again. This is the one episode we're going to do that. And I'm pretty excited because I, like uh, I like a lot of shit. Absolutely. I feel like there was a point in time where I would, like, exclusively watch horror. Right. And, you know, horror movies can be bad. And I felt like I just like subjected that to myself, subjected myself that so much. Yeah. That I was like, I need a break. And I yeah. think there's like a period periods of time where like maybe I stay away from horror films. Right. You know, I think you'll you'll find the both of us kind of like completely different things, kind of like our horror like. So it's I think that'll be interesting. You'll I feel like you'll learn a lot about the two of us by hearing the films we like that aren't horror. Um because most of our favorites are horror films. So it is kind of weird when we were making these lists. You know, like I thought like, oh, Gremlins. Oh, people think that's horror. Okay, I right. got to take that off. Oh, Rear Window. Oh, that's Hitchcock. So that's probably horror. So I, it, was not, it, was, it was fun. So we're excited about this. And I think Keegan made a good point uh, also before we started recording that we, we probably aren't going to have the same films yeah, on our yeah. list. Yeah, it's going to be crazy because like our my top five, I guarantee, I have not seen Eric's. I guarantee it won't be the same as Eric's. I agree, yeah. All right, so uh, before we get to... I think it's so crazy that Keegan has the first Twilight film as his number yeah, five. I love that movie. New Moon. That's not the first film. <laughs> uh, so, okay, that'll be our main topic. Yes. Uh, but first, we always do uh, some shout-outs. Then we get to what we've been watching. Yes. And then, uh, and then the main topic. So uh, we promise that we will have a lot of horror stuff before the na- main topic. So if you, if you want to tune out after that, please do. But we got, a lot of, we got a lot of horror coming up first. But uh, first... How are you, Eric Hoff? I'm doing great. Work was tight today. Why is that? Mail was very light. I was home like a couple hours earlier than I uh, normally am. Uh, came home, played some Friday, which I'm loving. Yep. Um, no, we talked about it uh, last episode. but Yeah, we had a really good reaction to our last episode. A lot of people enjoyed it. I hope. Everybody likes Jason, right? That's true. Everybody does like Jason. So, um, I Keegan, can't how was your day? I, hey, man, <laughs> I was a dumb, was I? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm I was, just kidding. Today has been tight. Yeah. Now we're recording. Eric works for the uh, Postal Service. He has not gone postal yet, but that is a countdown that we are waiting for. Keggy. Yes. My name is Keegan, but that's okay. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, exactly the same <laughs> as a month ago when we recorded the uh, Did you get out of work early Friday today? Podcast. I, didn't, I didn't work today. Oh, so, so, that's even, so you're doing even better then. I'm real fresh today. Most podcasts, I roll into your, your you, house you and do. I'm real, you, you, real down. I will barrel them in. Yeah. Down in the dumps. Yep. 
Um, I'm joking. Yeah, no, I'm doing good. I'm doing the same thing I've been doing. I've been watching a lot of horror, watch, uh, playing a lot of Friday the 13th video game. Yes. And I played the Destiny beta a lot. So. You know what? I downloaded it. You had to play those goddamn campaign missions before you could play the those, multiplayer. Those what campaign missions? Those goddamn <laughs> campaign missions. Yep. And I said, you know what? I don't want to do this. I'd rather be playing Friday. And that's what I did. Easy bailed. And you know what? I even had the weekend off. Like, I could have been playing the Destiny beta, but I did it. Well... Uh, so I think enough of that. Destiny is also not horror. Uh, let's do some quick shout outs. We've got Hit them uh, shout outs. Josh goes to hell as always. We love uh, Josh goes to hell. Yep. Uh, Josh uh, said that I, my nickname should be the Keegsta from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Josh, for that one. All right. Uh, also, uh, just hello, Film Fed. Um, he sent us his, uh, his top uh, Friday the 13th list. And, oh, nice. Uh, check out filmfed.com. Because uh, he's been a listener of ours forever. He posted a picture of him wearing the Ghoul Squad shirt on a plane. Uh, and I was very excited about that. So oh, we yeah. love Film Fed. Thank you, Film Fed. Uh, thanks, dude. And then um, also I want to sh- uh, shout out uh, It's Probably Paranormal, which uh, her name is Kayla. And uh, I believe she is uh, the girlfriend of Shanesaw, right? Okay. Maybe. Uh, Shanesaw Masker, another friend of ours. Uh, but anyways, Kayla sent us this great comment that I want to read now. I haven't heard this yet. So uh, her screen name on uh, Instagram is It's Probably Paranormal. And uh, she sent us this. I'm listening to your top five slashers episode while at work right now, and I cannot stop cracking up at the banter. Seriously, thank you guys so much for everything you do. You guys make my work day suck less, and you both make the day fly by. You're welcome. I don't have anyone here in the office that has anything in common with me, so it's uh, just nice that I can pop in my headphones and not feel so alienated. And she put an alien emoji and also come across new horror movie suggestions too. So uh, anyways, thank you Yes, hell yeah. uh, for sending us that because that's kind of like the whole point of the podcast. That's why we wanted to do it. We feel that exact same way. You know, I listen to Shockwave's podcast for that same reason. Um, I go to work at and I work at a hotel and nobody there cares about horror except for Andrew. Uh, Andrew, thank you for your uh, podcast equipment. But yep. um, also most of the people in our town don't watch horror movies. So we feel the same way. You know, that's why I listen to podcasts. And that's why we wanted to start one was to just like, I don't know, have a horror family. So it's probably horror internet family. Yes. It's probably paranormal Kayla as well as Shane and Shane saw massacre. Thank you guys for listening. You guys are so awesome. Like oh, we, yeah. we love you guys. Shane saw massacre also sent us his, uh, a list of movies that he is going to watch because we suggested them. And it's like so many good movies and it's so cool that like people are going to watch movies based on stuff we suggested, which is just crazy. We just assume nobody listens. So I'm going to wrap that up. Thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate anybody out there and just, you know, hit us up on Twitter or Instagram. We'll try to talk to you. So yeah, thanks guys. You're forgetting one guy. Who's that? And you did something that he told us not to do anymore. Brian at the horror nerd. Yes. He's listening. Brian at the horror nerd on Twitter. What's up fam. He was one of our concerned listeners about us doing a non-horror episode yes that's right yeah he's like there's not gonna be any horror and i was like well we're gonna do horror at the beginning of the episode and uh, i hope you enjoy this uh episode buddy yeah we hope you enjoy this one so uh i think that's it for shout outs yes i uh, just thank everybody for listening uh wes andrew uh jamin hello jamin um and i think that's it on that sounds good yeah so that's it for shout outs uh one other quick thing if anybody really likes our podcast which i don't think anybody does i'm joking <laughs> but uh uh, review us on iTunes, please. Um, just go into iTunes, leave us a uh, five star review, please, or one star if you hate yeah, us. Yeah, or one. Don't please. Don't. I'd understand if you gave us one star because of Keegan. Yes. So please don't give us one star on, on iTunes. Radar Pod. Yes. Buy a T-shirt. Yes. And watch horror films. Yes. Uh, Bit.ly/slash/ghoul squad shirt. Buy a T-shirt. Thank you so much. And uh, I'm gonna shut up now 
because it's time to get to what we've been watching. Okay. And so, thank God, Keegan can shut his mouth. Yes. Eric, what have you what been have watching? What have I been watching? Yes. Okay. Give us some good stuff. Okay. I recent. Okay, this was a new release from Blue Underground. Uh, Raw Meat, also known as Deathline. I saw a tweet from uh, Shockwaves. I guess the director was recently on on their pod. And I guess he stated he prefers the title Deathline. Uh, I personally like Raw Meat more. And the cover art for the film is much better. Because um, Easy's into Raw Meat. You know, I, I just raw dogging it. Okay, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about two different types of Raw Meat at the moment. Please continue. So, you know, I reverse the cover whenever I post the pic. Right. It's about there's a tunnel collapse. There's a group of workers uh, working in a subway. Tunnel collapses. The company that's financing uh, the building of this new tunnel that eventually would collapse, uh, they go bankrupt. So they don't have money to go in to dig out the corpses of the individuals working that they assume have died. But right, because but, it collapsed. Because it collapsed. But they're right. wrong about that. There are several survivors, and they've survived by turning into cannibals. Right. So one dude gets loose and he starts wrecking havocs, havoc on the uh, streets of London. Now that sounds tight, right? It does sound tight. And it is tight, but not for that reason. So Donald Pleasance is the chief inspector. I love Donald Pleasance. Who doesn't really? Is he British in real life? Because he's using a British accent in the film. God damn you, Michael. Yeah, nothing like that. Okay. And that's why I like it so much. So on Halloween, he's serious. And death, has, death has come to your small town, Sheriff. And he's he's dry. But in this, he's like fucking comical. And he's cracking jokes. And it's a Donald Pleasance I've never seen before. How old? How, like, not exactly, but how old does he look in the film? Is he older than he's, Halloween? He's definitely or? younger because this is like 70s. Oh, nice. I'm, That's I'm, awesome. I'm taking a stab in the dark. A stab in the dark? I, I think this is like 71. Okay. Okay. And it's so great to see this like lively, comedic. Gleeful. Donald Pleasance, yeah, trying to catch a cannibalistic man. And there's some gore here and there. You know, that was cool. But uh, I walked away from the film digging it, not because of the horror elements, but because of a silly Donald Pleasance. Are there any cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers in the film? Not quite. Let's see what you're getting at. But yeah, Deathline was uh, raw meat. It was really good. Fortunately, that cover is cooler than the film. Right. But, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a treat. Um, I saw that, that movie pop up on Amazon to buy, uh, and I saw it was from Blue Underground, and they were giving it that cool, like, treatment. And uh, I want to check it out, but I didn't know much about it, so that's tight. I'm excited for Blue Underground's upcoming releases. Uh, I, I can't pronounce it. Uh, Stendhal? Yeah, Stendhal Syndrome. Syndrome. I don't know. Right I think with, that's how to say it. Uh, Argento. Argento. And then they're doing Dead and Buried? I think so. Yeah, so that's super exciting. Yeah. Um, as I love William Lustig so much. Bill Lustig. William, Bill. You know All the I, same you thing. You know what I feel like I've been lacking on the last several episodes? My love for Fessenden. Yeah, and Hennenlauter. And, God, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I think I like Fessenden more than Hennenlauter. Wow, okay. Wow. I think that's a whole episode in itself that I would not be on. Um, It'd just be the easy show. I'm, I'm revealing just these shocking truths right now. Anyways. Eric Coffins. Uh, Larry Fessenden's son... Jack Fessenden, okay. he recently made his directorial debut with a film called Stray Bullets, Yep. and that's now available on DVD, and eager to get my hands on that. And Easy hasn't seen it. I have not seen it yet, but it just dropped. Right. So, yeah, that's Raw Meat. Raw Tell Meat. Me something you've been watching. Raw Meat, a.k.a. Deathline, a.k.a. Raw Meat. A.k.a. Raw Dogging It. 
Are we going to leave that in? <laughs> it's up to you, Doctor. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, What's uh, you've been watching? What I've been watching. Um, so I got the film Hack O' Lantern. Oh, nice. From I want to uh, hear about this. I think it's called Massacre Video. And uh, this release is super tight. It's a uh, it's like a slip box, and it's in a clear case, and it has great art. Hack O Lantern, aka Halloween Night. And uh, this movie is I, I kind of feel like it's it's similar to what you were just talking about. Like I had never even really heard of this, and uh, so I just picked the Blu-ray up out of nowhere. And my thing was, even if it sucks, it takes place on Halloween. So I feel like, well, well, I'll just have another Halloween film. I mean, you can't get enough films that take place on Halloween. Um, so True. I, so I picked it up. And what do I say about Hack-O-Lantern? Uh, the first thing I would say is it's trashy as hell, as all hell. Because, as all hell. As all hell. Because like there's several, like I don't know, it's just trashy. It's a little kind of... Ex- when you say trashy, right, exactly. Is it sleazy? Titty. It's sleazy, gore. yeah. Yeah, like there's a scene where this like mother's being like felt up by this man. Oh, and like... She's like an older woman, which is totally fine. I'm not saying that's the issue, but like normally you wouldn't actually show anything. And this film like has him pull her shirt up and you like see her, her tits. Okay. (laughs) This older woman. And I'm like, what the hell's going on here? But I was feeling it. And, uh, it's yeah. Hackle lantern. It's, it's not what I'm sure. The reason I'm struggling to talk about it is it's not very good, but I liked it. I had a blast. Uh, it's a slasher. It's about this, uh, satanic grandfather that, that thinks his his uh, grandson is going to be the spawn of Satan somehow. Like, yeah, the Antichrist. Thank you. And uh, he is going to have this satanic ritual on Halloween night. Is and, the grandpa the killer? Well, I'm not going to tell you who the killer is. Okay. Uh, but it is, I think the interesting part of this film is it is a masked killer, which we are huge fans of. Absolutely. So uh, as soon as I saw the mask, it's really cool looking. It's kind of hard to explain, but it's like this devil kind of mask. And as soon as he came on screen with the mask, I was like, oh, here we go. Here right. we go. Like, I can't wait now. Because it was, it's, you know, it's kind of a trashy, okay movie. But then there's this mask killer. I'm like, I'm in. There's only like two or three kills with the mask killer. So that was incredibly disappointing. But the kills that are in there are trashy and pretty kind of fucked up. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, the film also features people having sex on a tombstone and stuff. So like... It is a cool movie. I would recommend it if, it if everything I'm saying sounds cool, but I'm not saying it's like a great movie, right. but I thought it was a trashy, great, like Halloween fun. Um, I can't wait for you to see it because I feel like you'll like it. Again, not a great film, not a, even really a good film, but certainly fun to watch. Um, what I thought was interesting was the Massacre video Blu-ray looked great. Like really? this is a movie that had, I think never had really gotten a good release and the Blu-ray looks great. It's uh, you could tell it's a little rough, but it looks. Uh, I have written here in my notes. It looks better than a lot of Vestron releases. Damn, which is fucking sad. Yeah, um, they did. He taking stabs at yeah. Vestron releases. They did a two K scan of this thing. It looks great. So uh, yeah, that's Hackle Lantern. Um, what were we gonna say? Oh, is it like in contention of like uh, annual Halloween viewing? Uh, no, not no. not okay. that. Well, I think it's so not that good. Not the day Halloween, but yes, in the days leading up, yeah, I think it's for sure one of the films you want to watch during uh, the lead up to Halloween. But nice. no, it's not Halloween. It's not trick or treat. You know, it's it's right. uh, Tales I think of Halloween for me. It's a fun addition to the Halloween night genre, um, and I'll take any of those I can get. And this one was fun enough. It's sleazy. It's kind of trashy. There's a metal element to it, a metal music like rock metal music okay. element where like he the the son that's supposed to be this this uh antichrist goes into this uh dream like sequence where they're playing like 
I think he's playing a guitar in a band or some shit. It kind of makes no sense. But uh, there's also some characters in the film where like the, it's like, let me, let me make this quick. Another example of it being trashy is there's a, the, the, the grandson's sister is like the main character of the film. She's the normal kid that you follow. She's like getting ready for this high school Halloween dance or something. And like early on in the film, she's just in the tub and it just features this scene of her getting out of the tub and like putting a towel on. She's completely naked. Nice. But this is supposed to be like a high school kid. Right. And like there, it's not even, it makes no sense why that's in there other than just to be trashy and sleazy. That's what we want. Exactly. So like for those reasons, it's not just that, but also the kills and stuff. It is worth a watch. It's kind of expensive. I would add it to your Halloween, uh, to, to the month of October watching. So anyways, uh, I hope that wasn't too long. That is a uh, hack lantern. Um, and like I said, it looks great. So like for that alone, just watch this kind of old lost movie, but looking really good. I, I kind of love that. Like I kind of feed off that. Right. Uh, so yeah, check it out. Hack a lantern from massacre video. What's something else you've been watching? All right. Uh, another, uh, film I've watched recently. Uh, this is, uh, was recently put out, uh, through arrow and it is evil ed. And I remember uh, after I watched the film, I texted you and I told you, uh, is this finally hit the level of energy that I was hoping for whenever I watched Psychomania and (laughs) Microwave Massacre? Massacre, This was finally better than Microwave Massacre and fucking Psychomania. Psychomania, right. And I was hoping for something gory, something silly. And that's exactly what uh, Evil Ed is. It would make a fantastic double feature with Cat in the Brain because oh, wow. it's pretty much the same idea. Uh, it's about this dude, Ed, who works... Evil Ed. Well, he becomes evil later, which, oh, okay. is, which is fun because it's... Spo- it's spoilers. It's, I mean, It's, it's one of the many uh, uh, references through other horror films. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, Evil Ed, Evil Dead that the film uh, contains. Anyways, it's about this dude, Ed. Uh, he's a film editor... And they want him to work specifically in, like, their gore and violence department. Okay. And uh, led by this guy named Sam Campbell, which is Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell. Yep. And um, so he begins working uh, exclusively on uh, this horror franchise, this, like, huge horror franchise called, like, Loose Limbs. And it's funny because I feel like the course of the film just takes place over a few days. But you've learned that they've already put out, like, parts... Uh, six, seven, and eight to this film, uh, Loose Limbs, that he's uh, working on. Okay. So he starts seeing all this violence. He starts seeing all this gore that eventually he snaps. Okay, this is cool. And he starts uh, killing people. Uh, eventually, he goes after his wife and daughter, and that leads him to a new location where he continues to uh, terrorize people. And it's just this great... Uh, low-budget feel to it that really works. Makes me think Bad Taste. Makes me think uh, Dead Next Door. Um, I almost don't know what I'd call it, though, because it's definitely not like a possession film. You know, it's not like uh, anything supernatural. Okay. Uh, it's just a dude going crazy, and it's What's the main location? fun. Like uh, at the movie studio? Um, like where so, does most oh, of the film take place? Okay, so this, this film franchise that he's working on, Loose Limbs, um, you know, that's like the big money maker for this studio that the guy who owns the studio rents him uh, a house where he can just stay and exclusively work on okay. loose limbs. Uh-huh. So uh, you learn that uh, his daughter's birthday is coming up 
and he promises that he'll be there on time. But when he doesn't show up, the wife goes to the house. Okay. And uh, there are several robbers. I think there's like a, a pizza delivery guy. Like all these people keep going to the house that he starts trying to uh, kill off. Awesome. And it's uh, it's a lot of fun. So you liked it a lot. I liked it a whole lot. That's encouraging because we've definitely we, there's been a lot of these uh, and we love Arrow right but there's been a lot of these Arrow releases where it's like Ugh, it's kind of not as good as we were hoping and so you just got to take a stab at some of yeah. them and hope for the best and Evil Ed is finally one that uh, worked out for me it, it's funny uh, it came out I'm not sure if it's out yet but that and Madhouse came out around the same time oh yeah and Madhouse is another one I'd I like really want to see on. that movie I guess it's like a possessed kid and dog movie Slasher? or some shit or no? yeah and i've heard i think elric elric kane from shockwaves hello he doesn't listen obviously of course not uh but uh, i think he was like saying it's like bat shit oh, and nice. really cool so uh yeah madhouse but we haven't seen that we haven't seen that or slayer i don't even know if that's out yet but it's another arrow release yeah. that we're definitely both interested in um but you're talking about evil ed evil ed yes I definitely want to see it, especially because you liked it. The cover always gave me a uh, like brain damage vibe for some reason, like like Hen and Lauder vibe. Right, and and that's actually uh, fair because there's like points in the film where he's like hallucinating, and there's these strange like monsters okay. throughout the house, and it's just fantastic. Are they like because, rubber monsters? Right, they're clearly like animatronic. No, it's awesome. Physical yeah. creatures that you know somebody's probably working behind the scenes. That's sick, and uh, that makes it even better. That's sick. Yeah, Evil Ed is tight. <clears throat> Evil Ed. Evil Ed. Shout out to Evil Ed. So give me a, another film you've been watching, Doc. All right. So another film I've been watching was um, Among the Living. Oh, yeah. Among the Living is this movie I've been waiting for for a long time from the directors of Inside. Correct. And uh, Inside is, I, I don't, I'm assuming it's one of your favorites, but it's Absolutely. certainly one of my favorite movies made in the last 10, 15 years. Um, our first podcast we ever did was our top 10 of the last 10 years, and Inside was on that. Absolutely. I was just going to say, maybe briefly say what Inside is. Sure. Inside is a Inside is fire. French horror film from 2008 that if you haven't seen, get on it. Uh, but also if you have a weak stomach, uh, maybe don't. Uh, no, fuck that. <laughs> in- Watch Inside. Inside it's great. is so Glory. brutal and good. Yes. It's, uh, it's basically this, this woman, that, uh, her, she gets in her car crash uh, at the beginning of the film. Uh, so her husband's dead and she's going uh, home alone on Christmas Eve. Uh, to her to her house. Well, she gets there and basically safe to say somebody shows up and wants to get in and wants her baby, uh, but she's still pregnant, so wants the baby out of her stomach. Right, correct. And this thing escalates, escalates, escalates into this explosion of like the most some of the most extreme violence that we've seen in a long time. It's great. And it's French and it's so goddamn good. That's inside. Yes. And so this Among the Living that you're talking about was directed by them. Also by them. Okay. So they made a film called uh, Livid or Levide shortly after uh, Inside, but I've never been able to see it. It's hard to see. It It never got a release in the U.S. And yeah, we just, we could never see Livid. So I've never seen that film. Now I know there's certain ways to get it. There's certain ways to see it, but I haven't done that. So, and there's a, there's a region B Blu-ray that I want to check out of that. That's their second film. I haven't seen that, but their third film is this movie among the living. And I've been waiting for this for a while. They announced it as like some kind of French Kickstarter where people put their own money in to get this film made. And I remember seeing that and I actually actually went to the page and translated it so I could read what it was because it was all in French. Right. And uh, I got very excited about it. Flash forward to now, it's exclusive streaming on Shudder right now. That's tight. So I, <laughs> I got my Shudder trial again. I started a new trial of Shudder to check this out. And uh, okay, so what is the film? 
Among the Living is about these three kids that are kind of have broken backgrounds. Uh, some of them, one of them gets beat by their dad. The other's parents are, I think, poor. And then one of them just has, oh, his father died. So he has a stepfather. And these three kids, they're the main characters of the movie. And it's basically like a French Stand By Me. Um, that sounds fantastic. But don't don't get like crazy excited because, you know, it's not as good as Stand By Me, right? Sure. But this movie is like, it was really cool. It's these. What? what do they go on a journey together? So they go are on they a journey. Are they looking for a body? Yes. So these three kids. They are looking for a body? These three kids ditch school. Okay. Uh, they're getting in trouble in their class, and the, it's the last day of school before the summer. And their teacher's like, you guys, you, all three of you have detention on the last day. Good job. And they're like, you know what? Fuck this. So all three of the kids bounce out. They leave the school and they leave. Well, after this, they just go off exploring. So there's like scenes of them like in a, in a boat on this like pond like fishing and fucking around and like joking around. And so like, there's a lot of bonding between the kids. So you get to know who they are. And then they come upon this, this place out in the middle of nowhere and it's a old movie studio. So, and they even talk about, it, they name it and it could be a real thing. I'm not sure because this is in France, but it, they're like, yeah, this is such and such movie studios where, uh, you know, they used to make, uh, movies and it's been shut down for a long time and people, you know, tell stories that it's haunted and blah, 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 blah. They're like, all right, let's go. So they're exploring, they're exploring this old movie studio. And by this, I mean like outdoor movie sets, like Western sets, stuff like that, like a church set, stuff like that. And so they're exploring it and then boom, they hear all this noise and like, oh, what the fuck is that? And there's this car parked there. Well, they walk up to the car and they can hear somebody screaming in the trunk. So they open the trunk and there's this woman tied up in the trunk and she's bloody and she's tied up and her mouth is taped. And they're all just three standing there. They were just exploring this place and now there's this fucking person tied up in a trunk right. and they're staring at her like what the fuck do we do and then they hear commotion so they shut it and run and they hide well they watch this guy come out this I'm, I'm sorry this being this person come out and grab the woman out of the back of the trunk and take her into this church and she's just screaming the whole time and they're just like what the fuck do we do do we help this person like what do we do so the kids decide uh, we're gonna help them so they, so the film is them going down there and trying to help. Well, of course, they're just three kids. They can't help this situation. So they try. They get caught by these individuals that are doing these bad things uh, out at this movie studio. And then from there, it's like this, like, ratchet up the tension. Like, the, the people that were killing this woman are trying to find them. And, like, they're trying to hunt them down. And they're running from them. And, uh, yeah, it was fucking great. That sounds great. Now, it's not like, you know, I hate to keep doing this. I didn't, like, it wasn't, it didn't end, and I was like, fuck yeah, it was the best movie ever. Right. And I was like, damn, that was cool. Like, that was a really strong film from these guys. And it reminded me a lot of Inside with some of the shots and the way, like, they have some brutal kills and stuff. There is some fucked up violence in the film. Nice. There is uh, Children in Peril. Also nice. A couple kids may die. Who knows? Uh, Let's hope. Yeah, so... Um, I really, really dug this movie. And what's crazy is that trailer for Leatherface finally came out. Yeah, this is also the same guys. Right. So they're finally doing that Leatherface film we've been waiting for forever. And it looks, it's like shot the same way, dude. Like it looks exactly like that film. Like they shoot sort of close up imagery and stuff. It's kind of hard to explain, but it, they look very similar. All right, let me ask you a question. Okay, ask me a question. Okay, now that film is going to drop in September as a direct TV exclusive. Yeah. And then it's going to get a regular VOD release in late October. Okay. I don't know what to do. Do I watch it in September on DirecTV? 
or do I watch it on VOD in October? We just wait because we don't fucking have DirecTV, duh. Oh, my mom does. Well, my mom doesn't. <laughs> uh, I guess what I'm getting at is like I would have to watch it over there at my mom's right. house, oh, I or I could just chill over here. But do, hey, do you want to put your mom through Leatherface? Duh. Uh, yeah. So, I, dude, I can't wait for that. But I think I'm gonna yeah. wait for the VOD. That's my answer for that. Okay. Yeah. So okay. among the living, I hope I didn't go on too long about it. I just want to explain like Sounds the fun. vibe of this film. It's kind of Stand by Me mixed with, um, honestly, a little Jeepers Creepers. Not in the creature aspect, so not like that, but like, you know how in Jeepers Creepers, Ju- uh, Justin Long? Correct. His character goes down that tube and like there's this all this tension of like the fucking truck's coming back. Like he's coming right. back. We have to get out of here. Uh, there's a lot of that in the film. Okay. So okay. I know that's an odd comparison, but like that tension of like we're going to get caught. Right. And we're not supposed to be here. We shouldn't have seen this, that type of thing. Uh, Among the Living. It was cool. Uh, so yeah, it's streaming right now on Shudder exclusively. Is it, it's in French with English subtitles? French with English subtitles, which I was very happy to see because I because cool. there's nothing you can't change any of the settings. And I was like, oh God, right. if it's in English, I'm shutting this off because I'm a subtitles guy. Uh, and yeah, it was in French with English subtitles. That sounds awesome. Is there any word of a home release or it's just strictly to shutter at the moment? I don't know. I hope so because uh, it was cool. Again, I'm not saying it, you know, it was not as good as Inside. Inside's one of the best horror movies made in a long time. This was just solid. I thought this was super solid. So I'd recommend cool. it to any horror fan, especially if you're like a Stand By Me kids fucking off after school and then they see something they shouldn't have seen. That's, right. that's what Among the Living is. And it's totally cool. Good so, genre. Among the Living, streaming right now on Shutter. Check it out uh, by the Inside Guys. Eric, what's another thing you've been watching? Okay, I only got a couple more, and one of them uh, we both saw. Uh, I'm going to go with the one that uh, I watched uh, by myself. Yep. Uh, this was the horror anthology that was released uh, earlier this year that was directed all by women. Uh, XX. Um, I was just looking for something recent to watch. Uh, this was available on Netflix uh, fairly recently. Uh, so I gave it a go. And it's a solid horror anthology film. Okay. If I ha- if if we're doing our favorite horror anthology episode, which we will do, I don't even know if this would make honorable mentions. Wow. Okay. Um, and that actually kind of disappointed me because one of the directors uh, is the lady who did the invitation. Yeah. The invitation. Karen is, Kusama is great. Yeah. Right. It's yep. so good, and I almost feel that she actually had the not as good segment the the worst segment i guess okay Uh, i feel like that happens a lot where we get super excited about a specific director oh shit there's a lot of lightning outside your house right now Doc. yeah it's like fucking lit up the kitchen so anyways uh bum me out that her segment wasn't as strong as i was hoping for I feel like that happens a lot with directors where we get really excited for a specific director in an anthology film. And then I always feel like like the main director in it, they're, they have like one of the worst ones. Right. Like, uh, it like, ha- oh, I was going to say Ty West and ABC's of Ty Death. Ty West and ABC's of Death. That, that abortion? The abortion one, oh, yeah. That was uh, or dumb. It's, it's called like M for miscarriage or something. Yeah. And it's the worst one. Uh, that It's so funny. It's exactly what I was referencing. So please right, go ahead. Right. Tell me about uh, XX. XX. So anyways... Uh, several of the segments started real strong. I just didn't feel like um, they fully delivered. But there's one segment where these kids, uh, they go hiking in an area. It looks like they're out somewhere in the desert where they're not supposed to be. And they find all of these uh, petroglyphs. Mm-hmm. And there's no explanation to them. And it turns out there's some type of monsters or beings uh, in this area that they're not supposed to be hiking in. 
uh, one girl gets attacked by one of these monsters, and then she turns into them, and then she starts attacking her friends. Awesome. So, so it's just right, exactly. So it's just this great short little uh, monster film, and uh, that was a lot of fun uh, to watch. It's cool to check out. Keegan seems to be hypnotized now. I don't want to go outside. Keegan seems to be fascinated by this. Uh, well, I want to see how much it's raining, God. So that was XX. That was XX. Okay. It's raining really hard outside your house now, so I got super sidetracked. Oh, oh here comes a big thunder. I don't know if they can hear that. Probably pick, not. Hey, it got picked up last time. It did get picked up last time. Okay, so uh, that was XX? That was XX. All right. Um, so I have a couple more, and then we've got a couple things we've seen together. Uh, we thought this What We've Been Watching segment would be long because uh, we're not doing horror on our topic. So this is hopefully you're enjoying some horror here. Yes. So I saw a film two nights ago now that I'd never seen, and I feel like I feel like it's a movie people hate. And so I was kind of excited to see it because it's a Dark Castle film. Okay. A Dark Castle entertainment film. And I don't like any of their movies except for House of Wax. The House of Wax remake is one of my favorites. So you're talking about Dark Castle from the early 2000s. That's right. Okay. And so uh, Wes, my roommate Wes, thought it would be a good idea to watch the film 13 Ghosts. Okay. And I had never seen this movie. And you know what? When it started, I was on board. You know, I was on board with this film. I thought, you know what? It'd be fun to do this like effects heavy ridiculousness, like this super slick Dark Castle film. I had never seen this movie. I don't know how I missed it. And uh, then they, you, I don't know. You guys probably know what the film is. Like they go to this, this basically this house full of all these glass rooms and there's all these different ghosts captured in these glass rooms and they all open and then hilarity ensues. So that's 13 Ghosts. Um, it was... I didn't like it that much, honestly. Okay. But uh, I thought it was interesting. There's some good effects in the film. Some of the creatures uh, slash ghosts that are in the in these glass... Have you seen this movie? I haven't. Uh, some of these uh, ghosts and stuff that are in the film are pretty cool. Uh, the effects were actually done by Greg Nicotero and... Uh, K&B effects. K&B, thank you. And uh, yeah, so, you know, it was a pretty cool film, uh, but it's not good. Uh, and I was pretty disappointed. Um, Wes was like, you know, he recommended it cause he hadn't seen it in a long time. And he's like, it's probably guys watch it. He rented it. Okay. And so to Wes's credit, he said, it's probably going to be really bad. I haven't seen this movie in years, but you want to check it out. And I was like, absolutely. Let's do it. Too bad. It wasn't raining and thundering like it is right now. When you watch 13 yeah, ghosts, it might've made 13 ghosts better. The one part of the film I did really enjoy was that Matthew Lillard was in it. Okay. And I love me some Matthew Lillard. So. Absolutely. Um, that's 13 Ghosts. Just wanted to throw it out there because it's kind of an odd film. Like, who who the hell is watching it this uh, in 2017? Right. Uh, but I saw it, and uh, I'm glad to have seen it, but it is not very good. So that's 13 Ghosts. What was the last Dark Castle? <laughs> was it Return to House on Haunted Hill? Yeah, probably. And I did that not. straight to DVD. It's okay, dude. I didn't. It's okay. No, I don't like the first film. Their, I'm sorry, their first film. Their first uh, Dark their what new was the Dark, first Castle Dark Castle. Film. No, I'm talking about uh, House on Haunted Hill. Theirs. You don't like it? No. I think it's okay, dude. We got Jeffrey Combs as the Mad Doctor. Yeah, I know, but Allie Larder. He returns. All right, we're kind of trailing. This is horrible. The rain really fucked me up on this episode, guys. I'm really sorry. Uh, so we live in Carlsbad, New Mexico, and it fucking never rains here. So I have one more film that I saw. Okay. And I hope that you enjoy it. It's a film called Ghost House. This movie is put out on a double bill uh, from Scream Factory. Oh, okay. Ghost House and Witchery Double. And so I watch Ghost House. Ghost House is Italian trash. Sounds fantastic already. And you know what? 
I liked it a lot more than 13 Ghosts. It was yeah. it was fun, man. It's a it's kind of a hard film to explain. I'm going to do my best. I feel like I said that a lot. It's Italian, so it's kind of fever dream kind of bullshit towards the end, but the film is about these this guy that's like a ham radio operator, which is kind of odd. And uh actually a ham radio operator in like New England, which is super weird because it's an Italian film. Usually they they said it in like New York or something. Uh but it is in New England. I think he was in Rhode Island. And uh, he gets this this call on his ham radio, like this this signal that like somebody's sounds like they're being killed. Okay. And he's like, "We have to find it, babe. We have to find where this is from." So they they and I think this is a technology that doesn't exist. But they like start driving around to try to find where the <laughs> signal came from. And I was just like, eh, "I don't think that's real, but okay." Uh, so they finally find it. Well, they pull up on this house. Guess what? It's the same house that Fulci used in House by the Cemetery. You know what? I was just going to say that yeah. when you said uh, Italian films don't take place in New England. But go ahead. Yeah, it was super weird. So uh, anyway, same house that Fulci used in uh, House by Cemetery, which is a film we love. Um, Absolutely. So, uh, and oh, Ghost House. They get to this house and there's these other people there, which kind of ups the body count. And then um, there's this element of like they get in the house and like there's this element of them walking around the house. And there's a if they hear this like clown music, like this circus music. Uh, this like evil clown doll shows up and kills people. Tight. Yes. Evil, evil clown doll like poltergeist? Like poltergeist, yeah. Okay. And it has this like stupid like... Dun, 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 dun. So every time you hear that, it's like, oh shit, here comes it's the coming. clown. Uh, and so... This sounds great now. I really enjoyed it, but it's... How do I say this? I feel like a lot of Fulci's films have like crazy elements, but they're great. This was good. Like, I feel like, you know, Fulci's way the fuck up here, and this was, like, just down here. It was good, you know? Okay. Um, Any so, gore? Yeah, there's some gore. Not a lot of great gore, but there is some. Some of the kills are kind of quick, uh, but the characters are fun. Uh, I thought it was cool. It was... I was super worried because some of these double bill, bills, the movies are shit. Right. And this one was good. So Hell yeah. that's Ghost House. Uh, I would totally recommend you to see it because it was Italian. It had a great Italian score. Um, it was cool. actually so such a good score. I feel like it might have been reused. You know how oh, they do okay. that a lot. Sure. But that was fine with me because it was like boom, boom, bam, boom, boom, bam, boom. It was awesome. Sounds great. So Ghost House. Um, I don't want to act like that film is like Fulci great. level. But it, right. dude, if you like your Italian Euro trash, get on it. Ghost House is tight. Hell yeah. So that's Ghost House. What is the next film we were going to talk? Uh, Wish Upon. Wish Upon. This is a film that was recently uh, in theaters. Uh, PG-13. Uh, horror film that's right um it's about this girl who finds this like what is it a music box yeah and a gin box gin is that what you're calling gin it? goes to college no <laughs> yeah so that's that's pretty much what it is it's Wishmaster. Yeah. uh this girl is uh granted seven wishes and you learn like her family uh is poor uh the mother uh died when she uh was young uh for his profession, the father digs through trash. Which is kind of like lame as fuck. And that's how the music box is found. The father is digging through uh, some garbage. And uh, he finds this music box and he gives it to her uh, as a present. So she starts uh, making these wishes. It's uh, it's like Chinese is written on the music box. I think so. so some uh, kind of cultural appropriation. Some uh, One of her co-workers is this Chinese dude who you learn his sister or aunt can speak like ancient Chinese or something. It's unclear, but yeah. So they take it to her to decipher what the fuck the box is saying. And tell us the box's rules. 
and uh, every time she makes a wish, somebody close to her dies. There's a blood price is what it says on there. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's pretty much Wishmaster and Final Destination mixed together because yeah. the way the individuals are dying, it's like freak accidents that appear like, oh, shit, that could happen. Right. Uh, for example, she's got a rich uncle, uh, this old-ass dude, uh, who slips in the bathtub and dies. Fucking hits his head hard as fuck. <laughs> so it's funny, <laughs> after the film, uh, the dudes I went with were talking about it, and he was like, even if she didn't make that wish, he was still tempting fate <laughs> by taking <laughs> out <laughs> alone. Yeah. And so we see it with a pretty packed uh, audience. Yeah. It's it's like Friday night, the six thirty showing of of Wish Upon. Of Wish Upon. And it's corny as fuck. Yeah. And we're just in there just like laughing it up. I had a great time. I would I don't know if I'd say I recommend it, but right. I liked Wish Upon a lot. What what are your thoughts on Wish Upon? <laughs> My thoughts on Wish Upon. I differ a lot, but I agree with what you're saying. The film is so it's directed by this guy Joe Leonetti, and he did Annabelle. The, he did the Annabelle film, and a lot of people didn't like Annabelle. I really liked Annabelle. Most people didn't. I, I see it. I liked it. Um, there's rumors that the best scares in that film were actually directed by James Wan, so maybe that's why I like it. In Annabelle. In Annabelle. Okay. That's right. But so like I'm like okay, this film could be okay. You know what, dude? This is kind of a piece of shit. It's kind of a stinker in my opinion. Uh, wish upon. But how do I say this? I honestly, I, I genuinely thought that Joey King as the main character was good enough. And I liked her enough. I bought her character enough for a, a long enough that I kind of went with her on this like kind of ridiculous teeny bopper film. Because it's sure. very teeny bopper. Oh, yeah. Like my dad digs in the trash and he makes me look so lame. And what's funny is like the garbage he digs through just happens to be right across the street yeah. from the high school. From the high school every day. So every <laughs> so everybody knows that every her father day. is a trash digger. And every day she goes to school, she gets there and her fucking father's digging in that trash. And what's funny is one of the wishes that she makes is she wants her father to be cool. No, 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 no. It's I wish my dad wasn't so embarrassing. Right. That's her fucking wish so so now that he's cool there's like scenes where he's just playing saxophone and her and in her their new mansion and her friends want to fuck her dad yeah it's i hope when they shot those scenes they knew like god damn this is fucking corny <laughs> yeah yeah so uh <laughs> all that being said i didn't outright hate this no film. me neither I had, but i had fun i had fun but uh let me tell you about my crowd that's just what I was going to say. Like, if I, if I wasn't with my best friends at a crowded theater, I don't know. If I was just by myself at home, that's I probably odd. wouldn't that's have That's that you were with action. your best friends. I mean, I wasn't there, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so my crowd was awful. It was all these fucking teenagers. Oh, that sounds and, terrible. And two of them that sat next to me literally stared at their phones the whole time and then looked up at the screen when there was something interesting happening. No joke, like they were watching a fucking show on Netflix. They were really? staring at their phones the whole film. They had them in their lap, and then they would look up at the movie for Did about... Did they have headphones in? Nope. Could Just... you hear what they were watching on their phone? No, 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 no. They weren't watching Netflix on their phone. Oh. They were looking at their phones in the theater, okay, I gotcha. but also watching the film. That sounds terrible. Uh, which I had never seen before. People in movies take their phones out. That's different. These two teenagers... these we're two paying attention. These two utes 
These two motherfuckers paid $9 for yep. a ticket. Yeah, so they could sit on their phone and Snapchat all fucking day. We sound like old people. Uh, That's no, fine. But uh, yeah, so Wish Upon, I thought... Uh, so Joey King is from the the first Conjuring film. And she is the kid on. I didn't the, know that. She is the kid on the edge of the bed that's pointing at the dark corner of the room, saying there's somebody standing behind her. Do you know Did what I'm it? talking about? Uh, yeah, I know exactly. What she's you're about. the best kid in that film. Like, I didn't she know that was her. Gives us great performance in that movie. So to see her here is pretty cool. Um, you know, it's teeny bopper as fuck, like we've said a lot. But I thought it's worth seeing. But it's it's. I feel like I've said this a lot on this episode, but this is not a good movie. I thought it wasn't good, but I enjoyed the experience. Sure. Um, I had a good one. You had a bad one. Real quick, uh, I want to add a couple more things on Wish Upon. Um, okay. Sherilyn Fenn is in this film. I'll tell you who she is. She has a fight with a uh, sink. Uh, garbage disposal. Garbage disposal. Thank you. She fights with a garbage disposal. I'll leave it at that. Um, she's a main character. She's like my second favorite character from Twin Peaks. That's okay. her. And what's funny is... Oh, I don't want to spoil Twin Peaks, the return. Never mind. Um... I got more Sherilyn Fenn in this film than David Lynch has given me in the fucking 10 episodes I've seen of Twin Peaks The Return. So there you go. Um, So I was happy to see her in the film. Also, I just want to quickly note, uh, like I I thought like a lot of like the main characters, like actions at the end of the film didn't make any sense. Like by the end of the film, like she doesn't learn any lessons. She's just like, I wish everything would go back the way it was. No, bitch, that's your seventh. I shouldn't have said, sorry for saying bitch. Uh, (laughs) That's your seventh wish. You're going to die. Well. So I thought that was kind of bullshit. She knows if you make seven wishes, you're going to die. The demon comes for her. So she, and then, and then she doesn't even show any remorse. She just makes a seventh wish. Oh yeah. And this is kind of, yeah. And this is kind of dumb, but the love interest in the film skates and it's clearly not him. Like the camera cuts away. (laughs) Like whenever he's like done doing his trick. Anyways, this like two seconds of like skate footage in the film, as we're watching it, I thought, damn, I won't go skate. So Wish Upon <laughs> made easy one escape. Correct. So it gave Keegan a character from Twin Peaks he wanted to say, and it gave Eric a reason to skate. Correct. And that is Joe Leonetti's Wish Upon. Will not be appearing on either of our Absolutely not. top five horror films of 2017. Absolutely not. Yeah, so that's what we've been watching. We have one more quick one. Okay. Um, this has been a long section. Let's make this one quick. Uh, we both saw the Twilight Zone movie. Yes, Twilight we did. Zone the movie. I watched it at your recommendation. And uh, it, it has... I think it's great. Uh, I loved all of it, but um, you, you sent me a text saying that you thought Spielberg's part was kind of boring. It was boring and as hell. I totally agree. I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with you. But like as a whole, like I was like, fuck, this is cool. Like The whole movie, it, it just... It brought me back to, and I actually wasn't alive during this time, sure. but it brought me back to like great um, 80s, early 90s filmmaking, and I fucking, I loved it. My favorite segments are actually uh, John Landis's segment, which is about this racist white man that goes through this journey of like um, Nazi Germany. He goes to Vietnam and all these somewhere things. Somewhere in the South. In P- uh, somewhere in the South at the KKK. People, th- people are all like, like, and he's being persecuted. He's being persecuted. They're trying to kill him because they don't like him. So it's to teach him a lesson. I really like that one. And then uh, the the standout for me, which blew my mind, was Joe Dante's. The, I disagree, but go ahead. The cartoon one, dude. I that thing blew my fucking mind. I know I say that a lot, but like as it was going, I was kind of like, "Ooh, this isn't that good." And then the more and more and more he went with this idea, I was like, "Fuck, this is awesome." I so pre- I loved that one. I appreciate like the puppets. 
there, there's a moment in uh, this particular segment. This kid is obsessed with cartoons, and cartoon characters start coming out of yeah. the TV. And I thought it was going to be the Tasmanian Devil, yeah. that one that's like spinning out of the TV. Um, so that was cool. But my favorite one was definitely George Miller's, the John Lithgow. I almost feel like pop culture has ruined that segment yeah. for me because I already knew what was coming. The there's something on the wing. Yeah, the gremlin yeah. on the plane. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, that's a remake of a pre-existing. They're all sort of pre- remakes oh, of pre-existing Twilight Zone episodes. You know, they're sort of the the same but different is what they are, and that's one of the most famous Twilight Zone episodes of all time. I didn't know that. So, uh, how great is that opening bit between Albert Brooks and oh, Dan it's so Aykroyd? Good. It's so good. And they're talking about their favorite Twilight Zone episodes. Do you want to see something really scary? And Dan Aykroyd starts describing an Outer Limits episode. Yeah. And Albert Brooks is like, nah, man, that's a limit. That's a limit, yeah. yeah. It's so no, good. I loved loved the film. I mean, I totally agree with you that like Spielberg's is kind of boring. It's a great message. What the film segment. was doing like as a whole, I ate the whole fucking thing up. And Joe Dante's, it blew my mind because it's almost, honestly, have you seen Looper? Ryan Johnson's of Looper? Course. Uh, it's fucking Looper. Uh, I'm not going to go any further than that. I don't want to spoil either film, but it's about uh, by the end of that, that, that segment, uh, Joe Dante segment, that woman is going to like help that kid hone his essentially superpowers. Right. And I was like, Oh fucking looper. Holy shit. So uh, really, really liked Joe Dante's. What excites me more about that film is just that, that insane, all those directors yeah, that came together that lineup. to do that. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree. And this is completely different. No way related. But another thing that gets me excited about that is the first four Mission Impossible films because of the people who directed them. You yeah. got Brian De Palma, John Woo, J.J. Abrams. Abrams, and Brad Bird. And then Christopher McQuarrie. Yeah. That, 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 that's awesome yeah. that there's just all these crazy-ass directors who came together to do one thing. Yeah. Totally agree. Uh, and JJ's I, is probably the best, but I think my favorite is four, which is Brad Bird's. I like the Mission Impossibles, but I don't know where the fuck they are at now. Where are we at? Like seven? You liked the last hey, one. Hey, this is our non-horror episode. This all is right, the only right, fucking time we're so, going to talk about fucking Mission Impossible. So the film we just talked about was Twilight Zone, the Correct. movie. And we both really like it. Super uh, recommend it. Even if it's not, all of them aren't perfect. Um, just that lineup of directors exactly. and just the way this film feels... Uh, if you're into that type of shit, which you'll you'll find out that I'm into that type of shit on my list coming up, uh, you'll love it. So I I loved it. It's fucking it's John Landis, Steven Spielberg, Joe Dante, and George Miller. Correct. Like fucking holy shit. Insane. Um, yeah. So Twilight on the movie, and I think that might bring us to the end of our what we've been watching section. But that means it's time, I think, for Eric Coffin's Terror Tunes. Uh oh. It's time for Eric Coffin's Terror Tunes. Terror Tunes. Yes. So uh, we we need an intro song for this. We really do. I wish we did. Ghouls, you back off. Ghouls, you back off. Ghouls, you back off. I ain't biting. Go ahead. So this is now my third episode. uh, Excuse me. Third segment for Eric Coffin's Terror Tunes. And uh, as you noticed for the last two episodes, I like to try to somehow tie it into the topic of the film. But since we're doing non-horror... It's like, what the hell do I uh, talk about? And this might be a good time to talk about this, by the way. We haven't mentioned this. What? Go ahead. Keep going. What's your topic on this? Oh, okay. So, well, let me get into it. Yes, go ahead. Okay. Uh, so, for this Terror Tunes segment, I wanted to talk about a music video directed by the late 
great and incomparable George Romero. In 2000, Romero released Bruiser, starring Jason Fleming, about a man constantly taken advantage of who wakes up one day without any facial features. According to Wikipedia, Romero needed a band for a scene and somehow the Misfits became involved and appeared in the film. According to the Misfits bassist, Jerry Only, the band agreed to appear in the film if Romero would direct a music video for them. The song the Misfits perform in the film, as well in the music video, is the song Scream, the single from their 1999 album, Famous Monsters. famous horror movie director almost had something to do with the song Scream. Again, according to Wikipedia, the Misfits learned Wes Craven wanted to use one of their songs in Wishmaster, but that did not come to be. The Misfits wrote the song Scream, hoping Craven would want to use the song for Scream 2, but for whatever reason, that didn't happen. The Misfits would also write two songs to appear on the Bruiser soundtrack, Fiend Without a Face and Bruiser. However, a soundtrack for the film would never be released, and The Misfits released both of those songs on a compilation of unreleased songs in 2001 titled Cuts from the Crypt. In the music video Romero shot for Scream, The Misfits attack a hospital as zombies, and it's pretty darn cool. After all, it's Romero directing the second iteration of the band considered creating the genre horror punk. The music video was originally released on VHS, that came with a Misfits action figure on the DVD for Bruiser, but can simply be found on Google or YouTube by searching Misfits Scream. I read at Romero's funeral, there was an arrangement of black and white flowers in the shape of a fiend skull sent from the current Misfits lineup. Romero, RIP, thank you for creating a genre I love so much. And that was Eric Coffin's Terror Tunes. Terror Tunes, Tribute to our late great. George Romero. George A. Romero, man. Yeah, yeah we haven't spoken about it on the podcast. That was a great section, by the way. Thank you. Um, haven't spoken about it on the podcast at all. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's because I feel like we don't have much to say yet. Like It kind of just happened. We- I really want to do a top five Romero films. Oh, that'd be great. Um, po- uh, episode of our podcast, but I feel like we just... I don't. I don't want to just capitalize on it. You know, I mean, right. it's, we, I f- we yeah. felt like that would be too exploity. Exactly. In, and, a, in a wrong way. And also, you know, I feel like it's... 
we're still kind of reeling that it happened and it just sucks. So I, I, I'm going to, I don't want to watch his films right now, right away yet. Sure. Um, but I will, I will very soon. I think we will do that episode. So, but yeah, just, I don't know. I don't have much to say. It just sucks. I, uh, recently showed my mom the thing. And, uh, you know, after I watch a horror film, I like to obviously take a picture of the cover, post it to our Instagram. But since it wasn't Romero, like I oh, felt yeah. like it was disrespectful to you post were, a you were film. Gonna, you were going to post it on that same day. Right. Or it was like that Monday. Right. It was right. like the following day. And so I decided uh, I wouldn't do it. See, and I wanted to post uh, like, you know, watching, you know, this film or this film or whatever. And like, I just, yeah, I felt the same way. Right. I felt like, let's just leave it at, you know, RIP, dude. Exactly. Uh, it sucks. When I read it, I was just so heartbroken. Um, it sucks because I feel like I feel like we're losing the great ones now with uh, Wes Craven exactly. being gone, and now you know I can't even believe I'm saying it. George A. Romero is gone. It's wild. Um, it's awful, but you know that's life must go on, and we will and always pay tribute to the man. And fortunately, he left behind a hell of a catalog. Of films. Absolutely, man. And, and there's some of his I've never seen, like Martin. Yeah, Martin is so good. I know, and, and I want to see it. And admittingly, because of his death, uh, I ordered Night Riders. So I'm super excited about that. And then in October, Arrow's putting out Between Night and Dawn, which is a collection of three of his films. Uh, there's Always Vanilla, Season of the Witch, and Crazies. Yeah. And I've never seen, uh, I've only seen the Crazies. I love the Crazies. So like, I'm like super pumped even more now right. uh, for that box set. <laughs> Me too, man. I mean, it's just, yeah. I'm going to say it again. I'm not sure what else to say. Just uh, There's that uh, film, The Black Cat or something, or help me out. It's the one he did with Argento. I've seen The Black Cat, but that's a... It's, uh, it's not The Black Cat, or something about a witch, season of the witch, too. No. I'm trailing. Anyways, yes. I'm so excited that there's still more Romero out there for me to see. Me too, man. Like, that's yeah. what... First, honestly, it's funny. First thing I thought of was the day films. Uh, I'm sorry, the, the dead films. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I still need to see Martin. So, um I'm gonna I'm gonna see it soon. Yeah, and maybe we'll do that episode. That'd be great. So, rest in peace, George A. Romero. Yep. I think now it's time to get to our topic, right? Correct. The topic at hand, which is top five non horror. But uh, first, play that grindhouse track. <laughs> So we're going to start off with our honorable mentions. Yes, we are. We, yes, I'm going to go first. We have quite a few honorable mentions because, you know, how do we talk about this topic? It's our it's our top five non-horror, which... Let's, let's go ahead and talk about that real quick. Okay, let's how, talk about that. How do, you, how, do you, how do you say this is a favorite movie of yours? How do I say this is a what? Explain that. A favorite movie of yours. What makes a movie so goddamn good that you label it favorite so for me and i feel like it's going to sound like oh well, yeah of course but for me it's just a feeling it's a feeling i get when i watch a film it, do i like this movie or not there's a lot of movies i like or i think are good but they don't become my favorites but then you see a movie like the burbs and it's the best fucking movie you've ever seen and that they become my favorites okay. so all the films on my list all the films that i like in you know non-horror land and stuff and of course in horror land same thing but uh, it's just depend, you know, it's a feeling. It's a feeling like, is this for me? Is this made for me? Is this is this tickling something, uh, tickling a lot of things actually? No, uh, is this is this getting at something for me? And yeah, it's just a feeling, honestly. How? What about you? Honestly, several of these are due to age. 
yeah when i saw them but fortunately in my opinion they still hold up you know i, I saw them at I three agree years old but then i also still feel like they're great at 29 years old yeah god damn i'm old in addition to that films that make me want to show them to other people yeah it's like this was so good i need you to see it now um in a similar sense, you know, of course, rewatchability is a big deal. I'm not, oh, yeah. not going to say all these films are completely rewatchable, but in some ways, like, I just want to see it again and again and again and again. Right. And that's a lot of my films that are that become my favorite. Let me just kind of explain. I, I did it at the beginning of the podcast, but let me try to explain why we're doing this episode. I think this episode will be fun for both of us to talk about films that aren't horror um, because we, we, we've done 15 episodes so far. I think 15. I don't know how to count. Um, of horror films. And so... We just thought this is the right time to throw one out there so you can learn more about us as, as moviegoers. You know, me and Eric like a lot of different things, but we like similar things as well. And this will give you more information to know what you might like that we like. Um, I like when podcasts do this. Honestly, that's why we're doing it. Uh, well, let me give you my reason. Let's hear Eric's reason. I said, let's fucking do this topic because it'll be quick. And we took so goddamn long with the last episode. So let's, I like, I didn't rewatch any of these films. So your reason is you're lazy as fuck. My reason is I wanted us to get another episode out. Correct. Okay. But also, I like talking about films. And this is great that we're doing uh, something different from what we have been doing. Absolutely. I used to have a uh, horror, uh, sorry. I used to have a film podcast called the Preslak Brothers Filmcast. I did with my brother where we reviewed just film in general. And uh, that's no longer around? It isn't because all of my talents are dedicated to this fine podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so uh, I, don't have, fine. I don't have time for that shit anymore. I'm joking. Uh, love you, Ben. Not that he listens. Fuck him! Fuck him! <laughs> so uh, that is why we're doing this episode. And uh, yeah. I say we just get into it. Fuck that's, it. Let's okay. just get into I'll it. I'll go first. I'm going to give an honorable mention. An honorable my mention. honorable mentions are alphabetized. Let me, let me give one more qualifier. Uh, my films on my list are also, uh, my list is kind of like, these are the films I want you to know that I like. Um, okay. So some of my films, uh, they are all favorites of mine, but especially my list, I wanted to have like an eclectic list. For instance, um, I like Star Wars, okay? So if I'm going to put Star Wars on my list, uh, you know, do I put the whole saga and that's my whole fucking list? Right. right? I, I like, I remember you saying that. I really, really like four Star Wars films. Is that one, two, three, four? And then I only have one film left? No. So I only put one. So I did do some um, moving around on my list to make it more interesting. Uh, so it is not actually my definitive list, but it's the films I want you to know that I like. So crazy that your favorite Star Wars film is The Phantom Menace. We'll, and and these are films. <laughs> fuck, that's not true. And these, but we'll get to what is my favorite. And these are films that like are my favorite. Period. Right. Eric likes to be. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, fuck you for saying that Phantom Menace. People are gonna believe you. <laughs> we will get to. I'm a, looking at your list right now. I see Phantom Menace, bold, capsized, capsized. Really? So it's turned over on its head. Yes. Exactly. Wow, okay. You're just. You're so excited. You're having difficulty typing it on your phone. I'm fucking sitting here. Now, uh, you will find out what is my favorite Star Wars film. Eric, give me your first normal mention of our of our non-horror episode of Again, the podcast. Again, alphabetized, American History X. Great film. This is with Edward Norton. He is a Nazi. Uh, he goes to jail for killing a black man. While he's in prison, he realizes that the white supremacy idea is bullshit. And when he comes out, he sees his brother is going down the same path that he once uh, went down. And he does his best to try to stop it. Hell of a film, powerful message. I think it should be fucking shown in schools. 
Great film. One of my favorite parts of that movie is when they're at the dinner table and he's lambasting his his mother's new lover. Who is I, Jewish. I'm not going to say what he says, but it is one of my favorite things. I feel like you yell it history. out when we play Halo. I'm not saying a single thing. <laughs> so that's American History X. Yes. Hell of a film. Let me give you an honorable mention for me. Again, okay. these are just films we like that are not horror. And one of those is... Not that we play Halo together anymore. Please continue. We don't. One of those films is Full Metal Jacket. Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick. Let's just throw out there Stanley Kubrick. Uh, He could make my list. He could not. Right now we're talking Full Metal Jacket. And uh, I believe it would probably be my third favorite Kubrick film. Interesting. Um, My, well, I don't want to reveal my list, but that's a tough one. I was going to try to make that same joke that I just made with Star Wars. I was going to say it's so weird that you have Barry Lyndon. (laughs) But but that's not a bad film. I was just going to say, but Barry Lyndon's good. Uh, It's boring as fuck. But a fantastic movie. Right. Uh, Barry Lyndon's great. So anyways, Full Metal Jacket, one of my favorite movies of all time. You know, Kubrick is the man. He's he's everything to me aside from Spielberg. And so, yeah, Full Metal Jacket. Private nice. private Pile. I mean, just everything about that movie. One of the best ever. Arlie Army. I feel like you guys probably know it well. So it's Full Metal Jacket. It's two different films and it's great. Absolutely. That's what Kubrick does a lot, which is like these insane shifts in his films. Uh, so Full Metal Jacket. Love that movie. Go ahead. What's okay. another one from you? Next one. The Dark Knight. I don't need to explain this film to you. Christopher Nolan's Batman blows me away when people say they don't like that movie. Yeah. yeah. I don't understand. I don't fucking believe you. They're lying. I don't so fucking one. believe it. Yeah. So The Dark Knight is also on my honorable mentions. Uh, hey, well, there's a movie we shared. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a part of my list where I split it up into more modern films mixed with older films. And it's on my more modern film list of... Yeah, Dark Knight. I mean, it's it's if I had to make a top 10 of my of my favorite movies of like the last 10, 20 years, Dark Knight would be up there. I could watch that movie right now. I'm and so I, stoked. And I, and I just want to throw out there like it's not because the hype of people. It's not because of no, Batman. It's, it's fucking, fucking Chris Nolan. It's he is. Uh, you'll find out I like Chris Nolan a lot. So I totally agree. Dark Knight. I mean, everyone likes it, but fuck, it's good. The winter that came out on DVD. I was living with this girl. We didn't have cable. I got that for Christmas. It legit stayed in the DVD player for like a week. Yeah, like I would just great, watch dude. it and just start it over. Yeah. Um, you know, Heath Ledger's performance in that film is better than anything in any goddamn other Batman movie I've ever seen. Um, and I'm not a Batman purist, so that's why, you know, I'm a honestly I'm a Chris Nolan purist. So Dark Knight, totally agree. So good. So I guess I'll go against because we kind of shared that one. Sure. Okay. Sergio Corbucci's 1966 <laughs> Django. Now, admittingly, Django, a film about the uh, board game. Django. Correct. Um, it was Tarantino's Django Unchained that got me interested in spaghetti westerns, but it was Django that made me like fall in love with the genre and start seeking out more of these films. Spaghetti westerns. Correct. Uh, all right. So another honorable mention from me is uh, The Breakfast Club. Now, hey, good, I, good pick. You know, I know everybody knows this film. So these are incredibly popular movies. We know, but um, this movie means a lot to me. You know, it's it's just John Hughes at his best. It's fucking The Breakfast Club. It's amazing. Uh, it makes you want to like hang out in that high school. It makes you want to be in, in high school again and be a fucking jock or a fucking I don't know stoner. Get the girls, the stoner, the you know. Pack yeah. a, uh, my, you know what my dad got me for Christmas? A carton of smokes. And he said, smoke up, Johnny. Uh, fucking love Breakfast Club. So there you go. You know what? Did not consider that film from my list, but such a great pick. Great movie. Yes. Uh, this one's a bit of a more recent film as well. 
Kickass. Yeah, Kickass, great. Matthew Vaughn. Matthew Vaughn. Uh, super stoked for the new Kingsman. Me too. Uh, I was super into the book, uh, Kickass, whenever it was coming out, and the film is great. Uh, I think it's one of those things that, um, if not better, it's on the level of what it's adapting. Such yeah. a fun film, and I actually just rewatched it uh, a few days ago. So that's Kickass. That's Kickass. Uh, I'll just start. I've kind of been tentative so far with mine. I'm gonna start throwing out bangers. Okay. Let's so hear. bangers for me. Uh, E.T. Oh yeah, it's fucking E.T. It's fucking Steven Spielberg. It's my life. It's Elliot! fucking E.T. God damn. Uh, I mean, it's fucking E.T. So like when he's on the bathroom floor. <laughs> yes. Yes. And he's fucking dying. They're both dying. It's so good. E.T. is so good. So uh, E.T. Honorable mention for me. Okay. Love E.T. so goddamn much. This next one's a little loopy. The Last Dragon. I love wow. this movie so. Tony Ja. No. Duh. <laughs> Barry Gordon of Motown Records. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm guessing this is the 80s. I'm not sure. Uh, it's about this dude. He's this like badass karate dude. And he knows he's a badass karate dude, but he doesn't try to flaunt it. Right? There's this bad motherfucker named Shonuff. He's also a badass motherfucker. And he wants to beat up uh, this first dude in order to be like, I'm the baddest dude. So it's this... Karate, Motown, 80s greatness that granted I watched as a child, but now is still fucking cool. Still love it, yeah. Yes, it's it's 80s Motown karate film, The Last Dragon. The Last Dragon. Okay, another one for me. I'll just throw out another banger for me. This is near and dear to my heart. Maybe it's perfect to go along with the film you were just talking about. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. I saw this movie... I, dude, I couldn't even tell you, probably 50 times when I was a kid. It was one of my dad's favorite movies. He showed it to me, and it is War Games. Have you ever oh, seen War Games? I know what you're talking about. Uh, Kevin Costner. Probably would not. Is Kevin Costner in War Games? It's Matthew Broderick. I took a stab. Okay. And I'm not sure. And you might I'm not thinking. be right. Right. Uh, that would be weird. I'm not sure if he's in it. But anyways, Matthew Broderick film at that time. Uh, and War Games is about, you know, this kid that. They get stuck in a water tower. Mm, I may be thinking something else. I think you're wrong. Okay. You're fucking me up here. Sorry. All right. Let's try this again. War Games okay. is a movie uh, with Matthew Broderick where he's like the nerdy kid at school, but he's also fucking popular because he's Matthew Broderick. And uh, he he's like the nerdy kid at school and he gets he hacks into like the school's system and changes his grades because he's the shit. Uh, similar to scenes in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, but then he downloads this new game called global thermal nuclear war. He hacks into like this mainframe of games. Cause it's like in the late eighties, early nineties where like the internet is coming upon, not the internet we know today, but like more like government internet. And he gets this game on his computer and plays it. But he, he when he thinks he's just playing a video game. He's actually starting world war three. Okay. This is because I'm of something else for sure. It is connected to NATO and fucking, uh, what do you call it? Uh, NORAD, sorry. And all types of shit. And uh, I'm trying to just get through this one because if you haven't seen it, you probably don't know what I'm talking about. Um, anyways, he's starting World War III and it's global thermonuclear war. He actually has, um, it was this program no one knew about that he found and he he's he can launch uh, nuclear weapons. And so it's like kind of this Cold War, Cold War type film where, you know, he gets picked up and they're like, what are you doing? You know, they think he's like a terrorist at first. And he's like, I don't know what the fuck I was doing. And there's this girl in it that he's attracted to that he's, it's just one of the best movies ever. So it's like Ferris Bueller's Day Off, but with like technology of like the late 80s, early 90s. So 
War Games, one of my favorite movies of all time. Don't think I've ever heard of that one, though. You probably wouldn't like it now, but I fucking love War Games. What is another of Eric Hoff's honorable mentions? Um, I missed this going down the list. District 9. Love it. Neil Blomkamp's uh, sci-fi adventure film. His best film, actually. Hands down. Are you keeping up with these shorts he's putting out? I'm not. Me uh, I'm planning on checking them all out. Uh, Raka is that first one with those fucked up like snake creatures. It's Gurney Weaver. And I really want to see that, but I'm kind of waiting to see them perfectly. Like I want to I want to sit down and watch them. I feel like a lot of people are probably watching them on their cell phones. I want to sit down and put it on and watch it. I think it's awesome that they're getting like praise. Right. Because Chappie and Elysium are shaky. So Elysium's better than Chappie in my opinion. Hands down. And so it's just exciting to see him kicking out all these fresh new ideas. Totally agree. I want I want him to do another great big film. Yeah. I feel like everybody's kind of Blomkamp fans at this point. Like he's kind of a Reddit guy now. And everybody's like, oh, Neil Blomkamp should have made this, should have made that. And it's like, yeah, but the guy fucking made Chappie. He's going to be in director jail for a while, guys. <laughs> Sony did not give a shit about that movie. Correct. So let's hear another one from you. Another one from me. Um, this is where I'm going to throw out the Coen brothers. Okay. And this is Fargo and the Big Lebowski. Um, these are two of my favorite movies of all time. I've seen these movies, God, I can't tell you how many times. Uh, Big Lebowski, you know, grab some beers, fucking grab some white Russians and just watch, put this movie on. One of the best movies ever. Everyone knows about it. Um, Fargo, I just love. It's like perfect Cohen Brothers insanity that I love. I love their later films like, you know, No, Co- no Country for Old Men uh, or even their True Grit remake. But this is my Cohen Brothers this like calam- uh, hilarity ensues with these insane situations people aren't supposed to be in. Fargo, Big Lebowski. I'm also a huge fan of Burn After Reading. Um, love these films. Have you seen Blood Simple? I have never seen their first movie, Blood Simple, but I do really want to see Very it. Very good. Um, so Great noir. Big Coen Brothers fan. These, these two specifically, Fargo and Big Lebowski, are my Coen Brothers. I love everything else they put out, but uh, as well as Burn After Reading. So Love those movies. What's another one from you? A film we actually talked about earlier, Stand By Me. Yep, it's on mine too. Hey, hey, that's two films. Yeah. On our honorable. What do we say about Stand By Me? That it's fucking great. Fire? What's also it's so t- goddamn good? Exactly. Yes. What's also tight? Uh, it's based off Sting King, sure. It is. And it has horror elements, you know, with the body and the leeches and shit like that. Good stuff. <laughs> good stuff. Give okay. me another. Another one from me? The Blues Brothers, John Landis, The Blues Brothers. Okay. Love this film. Um, we're on a mission from God. We've got half a pack of cigarettes. I'm fucking this up, by the way. Half a pack of cigarettes, half a tank of gas. It's dark and wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Um, one of the best movies ever, On a Mission from God. Uh, love Blues Brothers. Uh, my dad was a huge fan of this film, so I've seen it a lot Likewise. with him. So uh, love Blues Brothers. That's uh, What's another one from you? Starship Troopers. Not on my list. Love this film so goddamn much. Paul Verhoeven's gory satirical take on militarism. I'm probably mispronouncing that. Love that fucking film. All right. This is where, uh, again, it gets kind of awkward for me. Jurassic Park. Okay. So just one of the best goddamn movies ever made. One of my favorites of all time. Spielberg's fucking epic Jurassic Park. Um, Wish fulfillment to its highest for kids you know you you fucking love dinosaurs are the coolest things in the world and then you can fucking see the dinosaurs exactly and then it's not just wish fulfillment like something like pacific rim which we like this is spielberg at his best this is fucking sam neill learning to like kids again and want to have kids and laura dern and just so fucking good jurassic park just one of the top 10 films ever made just goddamn it jurassic park so 
Another one from you. The Warriors. Okay. Uh, this is directed by Walter Hill. Um, one of my favorite things uh, in film in general is when they can capture a certain time period and display its grittiness. And that's exactly what the Warriors do as they are a gang in New York City trying to fight their way back home because they've been accused of a murder that they did not commit. Fucking love the Warriors. Absolutely. Another one from me. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Do you like the Warriors? I do. It's never been, I've only seen it like once. Okay. It's never been a film I've seen a million times. Okay. Um, so it's a movie I really want to get like more into, but sure. yeah, it's the Warriors. I know it's great. Uh, I've only seen it once. Um, Later on, sir. So, uh, Let's let's go to my newer films and then I'll I'll throw the last one out last because it's it's actually my number six and I felt bad leaving it off. But okay. so uh, the Prestige. Okay. This is where Chris Nolan comes out Shine, on my honorable mentions. Um, the Prestige is one of my favorite movies of all time. This is uh, a more recent film than the ones I've been talking about, and it's it's just it's about storytelling. It's about filmmaking. It's about how we view the world. It's about so many fucking things. It's Chris Nolan working on the highest level. It's better than Inception. It's better than almost all of his movies. It's pretty much my favorite of his other than The Dark Knight. I think The Dark Knight is his best film. Oh, that's saying a lot, right? But uh, I love Inception. I love Interstellar. I love, I'm a huge Chris Nolan fan. But The Prestige is that itch for me. It's like that perfect goddamn movie. The Prestige. If you haven't seen The Prestige and you think you like Chris Nolan, please watch this movie. Um, I'm not even going to explain it. It's so fucking good, The Prestige. I've only got one more. Okay. And this is the only time Zack Snyder will ever appear on one of these wow. lists. Watchmen. Okay. A huge fan of the book, and I actually think it benefits from being such a slave uh, to the material because the material is so goddamn good. So since they took so much from it, it's a great fucking film. Wow. I uh, was not expecting that one. Uh, let's see. You want me just to run down I'm some done. more? All right, so I'll run down some more of my honorable mentions. And again, these are more of my uh, more recent films. Uh, I put Cloverfield on here, which I know is a monster film and <laughs> kind of fun. horror. That's funny because I had that same problem. Okay. And I decided not to include it. And I totally understand it, so we won't talk about it long. We have spoken at length about Cloverfield. It is one of my favorite films of all time. It's one of the most important movies, I feel like, of the modern, at least where we're at in film. Right. fucking love Cloverfield yeah Cloverfield's so good it's it's this Kate Hudson movie where she's a shoe designer but she can't get a man it's really good okay um, thank you for that uh, another film uh, I, I decided to put a Pixar film on here so the my favorite Pixar film is Toy Story 3 Wally oh. um, fucking it's close love Wally uh, Wally's great it, it, it opens with like this 30 minute um, opening with no one talking it's just the goddamn Wally robot, robot. driving around um, there's no speaking at that in 30 minutes of the film um, that this is uh, Andrew Stanton uh, and I love his films he he actually ended up doing John Carter which was a piece of shit uh, by no fault of his but uh, yeah Wally my favorite Pixar film let's do some comedies because they're not gonna be on my top five okay dumb and dumber my favorite comedy of all time uh, just dumb and dumber fuck Big gulps, huh, guys? Big gulps, huh? Um, well, mock. see you later. Yeah. Ing. Yeah. So, uh, Dumb and Dumber. Just give me the damn number. <laughs> well, he's fucking <laughs> on fire. Uh, another comedy, my second favorite comedy of all time, which I feel like may date me, but I'm okay with it. Um, it is just pure. It is what high school is. It is how my school, it is my high school experience. It's exactly how I spoke in high school. I have never seen high schoolers speak like this. No, you didn't go to any parties if you say super bad. I'm talking about the dialogue, asshole. <laughs> the way they speak is, uh, well, also they're nerds and kind of outcasts you, in the film. You didn't almost hook up with some 
Good looking chick. Okay, I'm sorry. That specific <laughs> fucking moment in the film, I didn't mean to say that. I mean fucking nerds talking about porn and shit at high school. Okay. Anyways, super bad. You got the nerd part right. Super bad. Uh, exactly my high school experience of walking around, saying the F word a lot, being a fucking idiot, uh, not understanding life, and just not giving a shit. Uh, super bad. Um, this is also where I'm going to throw out the film Star Wars The Force Awakens. Okay. Just want to throw that out there as a more modern film that I love. Everybody knows that. Not a comedy. And my last film on my honorable mentions, which is my number six. So I'm just going to say that. It's Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay. This is Indiana Jones. Um, Indiana Jones is, is you know, just... I, 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 I'm struggling because I feel so bad for leaving it off my list. But I'll tell you why I did later. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Everyone knows. Um, I grew up on this film and a couple other films you'll find out on my list. Uh, this trilogy is just like my life. Whenever I was a child, I used to run around, uh, in our, in our hallway and like act like I was running from the goddamn ball. Uh, you know, the boulder, the boulder. Thank you. Uh, amazing. I don't know. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Hell yeah. My favorite Indiana Jones film. And I think that's it for our honorable mentions. Those are some healthy films. It is. I hope that uh, you enjoyed that ridiculous onslaught of fucking films. Right. Um, this is where I want to throw in Eric Hates Me. Uh, let's talk about our favorite TV show of all time. Sure. Why would I hate you, though? Because you, you fucking made fun of me. You said we were going to say our favorite gum and our favorite condom brand. This motherfucker wanted to like just like start r- fucking rifling off like our favorite anything. And so I started <laughs> suggesting, you know, why don't we fucking say what our favorite fucking place to go get gases as usual eric is exaggerating the what actually happened <laughs> i said we should do our favorite tv show and our favorite band and i can he, provide those proofs of text what is eric's favorite television show of all time the only show that fucking matters seinfeld what about yours you have nothing else to say about Keegan, it what is your favorite tv show my favorite tv show of all time is lost which it's I, a show about nothing what do i have to say about it so is mine actually <laughs> uh mine's a show about nothing as well uh, apparently but, uh, yeah, huge fan of Lost. Don't give a shit. People don't like it. Um, just best shit ever. Uh, appeals to exactly what I want out of television, which is asking questions and not giving a flying fuck about what the people want. So, Lost. Love that TV show. Uh, let's just do this quick. What is sure. your favorite band of all time? Just, uh, I mean, that's a tough-ass fucking question, but if I guess I had to pick Misfits. Okay. Yours? Mine is uh, taking Four back. Four years strong. Go ahead. You know, it's odd. I didn't talk over your fucking choice. You know what? I was just trying to guess what you were saying. <laughs> Take it back Sunday. Go ahead and guess. It's my favorite uh, band of all time. So there you go. Uh, I'm not going to go on about it because it's fucking music, but Take It Back Sunday. All right. So. And now. Which uh, brand of tampons are your favorite? Uh, I think I'm going to have to go with Tampax Pearl. Because he a woman. What's Eric's favorite? I don't buy him. I don't buy him. All right. So okay. now. We're getting into our top five favorite films, at least for me, yes. of all time. Easy gonna go first. Easy gonna go first. Now, when I was compiling this list, one through four was a no-brainer for me. But I was just like, what the fuck is five? I just didn't know. It's a quandary I'm having. It's a what? Quandary okay. I'm having. So, I'm talking to my best friend, Andrew Costaneta. Wow, said, not me. Okay. I said, dude. Kiki and I, we're going to do our top five non-horror films for the next episode. That's right. I'm thinking this is number five. And I was like, but I'm not confident with that. And he was like, dude, 
when I think of that film, I think of you. And him saying that was just did, like, did he kiss you after that? He did. We held wow. hands. Dude, we went for a beach. When I think of that on, film, on the walk, I think, uh, I think fucking, of you. Fuck you. Let me get to the film. All right, let's hear the film. Okay, this film balances this fine line of being fucking dumb as hell and fucking amazing at the same time. I'm talking about Robert Zemeckis' 1994 Forrest fucking Gump. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. Forrest Gump's fucking fantastic. Go you ahead. You know, I you know it's. I think what I enjoy most about it is we have a fictional character set in non, excuse me, a fictional character set in non-fictional events. Um, You know, it's just this feel good story of this dude who's making the best with the cards that he was dealt. And it's fucking one liners for days. I don't think I can go a day without quoting Forrest Gump. You know, Okay. okay. The other day, I was on this route, uh, this delivering mail, delivering mail. And the regular for this route usually has a box of treats to, to, to give the dogs. And I love doing this. I love stopping. Even if I'm fucking behind in time, I will still stop to give the dog treats. But I ran out of treats the other day. And I thought, I guess sometimes there's just not enough treats, which is a direct fucking line of whenever Ginny is throwing the fucking rocks at the house. And he says, I guess sometimes is not enough rocks. Forrest Gump, fucking dumb and great at the same time. I love that film. Amazing, man. I'm totally, I mean, it's not on my list. I never thought I'd put it there, but I love that film that much. Um, friends of mine know that I actually, it took me quite a while to see this film. Really? Um, so like, you know, it's like one of those movies you've seen a lot. Uh, I'm sorry, pop through pop culture, but you'd never seen. Um, right. By the way, this is in like 2009 or so. You saw Forrest Gump? Yes. That's fucking wild, duh. So, uh, I'm glad that I can be your entertainment here. That's that's like 15 fucking years after the film has been out. Uh-huh. That's wild. So, um, Did you like it? Love it. So, what I like about... Uh, Keegan, what do you like about Forrest Gump? Okay, what do you uh, like about Forrest Gump? Uh, what I love about Forrest Gump is it's like this journey through America's history. Correct. But told through Forrest Gump. Exactly. F- told through his experience in... Um, it's basically like a, a historical film about all these different events, but he sort of, we follow him through the events. Um, and I fucking love that. I love that like Zemeckis, and I don't know if it was a book beforehand. It was. Okay. Walter Groom, I believe. Was okay. The author. I'm, I'm sorry for not knowing that, but yeah, it's, it's, I love it's like sort of, it's not globe trotting. It's more of a um, America trotting, but it's like globe trotting, you know, idea of like him going through this whole thing it's like everything in history and in america is in the film now and i love it can you think of other films that do that because i mean that's that's what i love about forrest gump so yeah i'd like to see more stuff like that i can't think any right now but i know more i have a forrest gump story about the book okay okay so i i watched the movie first then i read the book uh the book is completely fucking different it's 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 a fucking comedy, right? Uh, there's a part in the book where he's going to outer space with a monkey. Okay. And I'm reading this book by myself. Uh, this is my senior year in my fucking like computer class. It's all silent in there. This part in the book, he's on this airplane with this monkey and he farts. And he doesn't realize that you can't roll down a window in an airplane. So he starts talking about how bad his fucking fart stinks. And I'm in class just fucking laughing, just dying. 
because of this fucking part in the Forrest Gump book. Wow. And the sequel, Gump and Co., is also very good. Gump and Co. I love Forrest Gump. So please give me your number five. That was great, man. I, uh, I feel like I won't be able to top that. That was a fantastic number five. Because <laughs> uh, so, I feel like I'm going to be like, my number five is this. And you're going to say, and I'm going to sleep. Um, that was, uh, I was a little nervous to say Forrest Gump. I know. It makes sense to me. But, uh, but I let it out. You let it out. I'm nervous to say my number five. Okay, let's hear it. So my number five of non-horror, these are, in my opinion, the five films I want you to know that I like that are not horror films. Okay. And uh, my number five is my favorite Stanley Kubrick film. Okay. And that is 2001, A Space Odyssey. Uh, This movie, it's tough because I'm such a fan of The Shining. The Shining is like a fucking fever dream of horror. It's like one of the best. It's a national treasure. But I don't know, you know, as a film fan, as a, as a fan of like this medium, 2001 A Space Odyssey is like, it's like the Bible to me for filmmaking. Now, having said that, it is not my favorite film of all time. I, I like more touchy-feely films uh, than this, and this is, that's why it's my number five. But man, it's just like, it's, it's everything in filmmaking I would ever want to do. Uh, I would want to have more characters in this film. Of course, there are great characters, but it's mostly a cold epic through space. But just the filmmaking in it, it's just breathtaking imagery after breathtaking imagery and breathtaking filmmaking and just insanity. I, I still don't understand how he made this film at the time that he did. Um, at this time, they hadn't even been to, we hadn't even been to the moon yet. And this movie feels like fucking real space. Like, Stanley Kubrick's the best fucking filmmaker of all time. He's not my favorite, but he's just he's just on a different level than everyone else. And this movie is everything I've ever wanted. And I'm a huge fan of like ambiguous bullshit as people out there probably know. And this film has ambiguous bullshit at the end. Like you don't know what the fuck the end of this movie means. It's for you to interpret. And I just find it fascinating. I find the opening fascinating. The dawn of man where, where it's these fucking apes learning how to use tools and weapons. And then they fucking throw the goddamn bone and it turns into the spaceship. And we jump fucking hundred thousands of years in the future into this sprawling space epic. I love the, I love the monoliths and what they do. And we touch them. It, it basically unlocks like a new era for like our society and it's just crazy. And then they find like the vinyl monolith and it's the fucking star kid or whatever the fuck's happening at the end of this film. Just one of my favorites of all time. 2001 A Space Odyssey. My favorite Kubrick film. Close second, of course, is The Shining. But uh, huge, huge, huge fan of this movie. I've seen it a million times. And every time I have a new interpretation of what the fuck is happening uh, towards the end of this film. So well, feel free to yell at me. I've never seen it. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. It's a, it's a great... It's a good thought exercise. Would Eric like 2001 A Space Odyssey? And I'm not sure. It's long as fuck. Long as fuck. It's ponderous. It's quiet. It's, But it's just one of the best movies of all time. So, anyways, my number five, 2001 A Space Odyssey. My favorite Kubrick. Hell yeah. What is Eric Hoff's number four non-horror film? Uh, in my opinion, this is the action film. Can I guess? Guess. Terminator 2. You are correct, sir. Sorry, I didn't mean to step on yours, but yeah. No, okay. I mean... That was an easy hint. Uh, Terminator fucking 2. And not only is it like a solid-ass action film whose effects still hold up. You know, this was fucking made in 1991 and it still looks fucking gorgeous. Is the fucking uh, story of humanity that it's fucking telling. And that idea that 
we are in control of the future. Yeah. It's what we make of it, not something that's pre-destined. Uh, the fucking score. It's just such a solid-ass fucking... Fucking James Cameron. James Cameron, right? It's just such a fucking solid-ass uh, story. Um, You're a big fan of the kid. Yeah, Edward Furlong. Uh, John Connor. And, like, goddamn, it's just all so... This is also good. What what else do I say about Terminator yeah. Two? And I and I agree. This like these films are so. T- I mean, we talk about this a lot, but when they are like this to us, like how do you even talk about it? Like when I said ET, I'm just like I don't know, fucking ET. Like it's ET. Right, it's exactly. Raiders of the Lost Ark. So I, I'm totally with you. But Terminator Two, just fucking incredible. The when they they flip the Terminator on its head and have him be a good guy. Right. It's like it's like everything. Like everything does that now, but that film is like that's how to do that. Is like he's the scariest goddamn thing in the world in the Terminator, but then he comes back in Terminator Two, and he's your best friend. And the villain is like, how the fuck are you going to stop him? Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, fucking awesome. And the effects, they don't. While they don't look great today, they I think they hold up. Absolutely, I think they hold up today. 100%. They don't. Again, they don't look perfect, but they hold up enough. Like it's kind of like Jurassic Park. If you actually look at some of the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. Some of them don't look that great, but it holds up because the filmmaking is so goddamn right. good in Everything both else those about films. It is, yeah, it's great. Yeah. So T two is my number four favorite film. Of all it's time. funny. I thought about putting Terminator or T two on mine, uh, at least on my honorable mentions. But I was like, you know what? It's I love Terminator two, but it's not me as much as it is you. So uh, I'm not surprised that it's on your list. Love that shit. Give me your number four. Dude. All right, my number four. Uh, love that shit. Uh, love that shit. Love that shit. Okay, my number four non-horror film is uh, totally different from the two films we just spoke about, and it's Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Now, Interesting. It's, it's, it's hard to talk about because I feel like this has had this resurgence now. Ferris, Bueller, Ferris Bueller's Day Off has always been popular, but today it's like this weird... It's a little overpopular now, in my now opinion. There's that Domino's commercial yeah, that's it, ripping it off. Exactly, with the kid from Stranger Things. So, like... It's kind of hard to talk about because it's like, oh, yeah, like you like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I saw this movie like thousands of times when I was a kid. It was Ferris Bueller's Day Off, War Games, Indiana Jones, and fucking Jurassic Park, and then a couple other films I'm about to talk about. Star Trek. Um, So I saw this movie hundreds of times when I was a kid. It's just one of my favorite favorites. It's one of my dad's favorite movies of all time. Um, and so me and my dad, of course, have the, me, my dad and my brother have this bond on all these films we saw. Right. And, uh, so they're super important to me and just, yeah, Ferris Bueller's day off, like the ultimate high school movie, the ultimate cool fucking movie. Like you just want to be Ferris Bueller. You hell, you don't even want to be, you want to be friends with him. Right. I'd be friends with him. And you want to fuck the chick that's in the movie. Sorry if I said that, but, uh, it's so good. Cameron fucking, Absolutely. it's so good. It's so good. So That's I don't. Excellent. I, 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 I know. I know. I just don't know what else to say about it. It's Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It's one of my favorite films of all time. I can't tell you how many times I've seen this movie. And it was funny when I was putting together this list. It was the one that, you know, I didn't. I was like, well, how do I put this on there over Raiders of the Lost Ark? And I'll tell you why. Uh, I didn't want to put two Spielberg films on here, so I didn't. Okay. So I just put Ferris Bueller because it's one of my favorite films of all time. So it's my number four, and I fucking love it. If, Absolutely. If if you haven't seen it but you're turned off by like it's popular cultureness today. Just forget about all that and watch it. It's one of the best movies of all time. Yes. John Hughes. Absolutely. I fucking love John Hughes. So Eric Hoff, what is Eric Hoff's number three 
non-horror film. <laughs> this, this is, is a, exciting. This is a film that would never, ever make a top list. Okay, this, I'm this, excited. This one I'm about to say. Uh, it's a film that my father uh, showed me. So that is part of the reason uh, I adore it as much as I do. Um, it is a John Turturro film from the early 90s called Brain Donors. Okay. It's directed by Dennis Dugan, who would go on to also direct some of uh, Adam Sandler's more popular films, uh, Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison. But in terms of horror, it was in The Howling. Uh, the Brain Donors is a remake of a 1935 Marx Brothers movie called A Night at the Opera, in which three con artists try to open up a ballet theater. And hilarity ensues for literally... For like 70 minutes. Which is Easy's favorite thing. it's fucking yeah. amazing that you start the film and it's already over. Here's the thing about brain donors, in my opinion. The jokes are just like fucking fast, fucking rapid. Like you can't just catch them all. But they're not like belly laughs. Right. It's, it's like, oh my God, that's fucking clever as hell. Oh my God, that's fucking hilarious. It's such a fun movie. Brain donors. Brain donors, yeah. I've never seen it. I think I've heard that name, but I You've don't know. you probably heard it from me. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. Yeah, I mean, th- that sounds similar to War Games for me, you know? I don't know if anybody fucking knows what War Games is, but right. it was like my goddamn life when I was a kid because my dad showed it to me. I remember it came on VHS. I recorded it, and uh, I probably wore that fucking tape out because oh, yeah. times I We had several it. bootlegs of, oh, well, dude, plenty of films. We had plastic tubs of just like VHSs right. where we just recorded stuff. Well, of course we did too, but I was saying like of specifically War Games. Like I probably have like 30 copies of that on right. fucking – Long playing VHS, but uh, yeah, so that was brain donors. Brain donors, that's Here, awesome. I want to check it out, one, please. Um, so my third film, this is where I have, you know, another film that's sort of pop culture now, and I feel kind of weird about because you know how it is when you find something out when you're a kid or with your parents. Like it was a special thing I saw with my dad, and this is like one of my, you know, it's a national treasure now. But like I know it's always been popular, but I feel like now it's weird. Now it has its own day. Now it's like. The stars are on fucking Jimmy Kimmel and shit. And I, 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 I'm not against any of that. I'm just saying I feel weird about it now because it's like, no, that was my thing. Having said all that, I understand very happy. Showing. It's popular. And my number three film was Back to the Future. Okay. This is just. I can't believe what, that's not on my list. What do you say about Robert Zemeckis's Back to the Future? Just go ahead. I feel like I fucked up not even having that on yeah. my honorable mentions. Holy shit. Something's wrong with me. Please continue. So, Back to the Future. I'm getting goosebumps just saying the name. This is just one of the best films ever made. This is what I want filmmaking to be. This is what I want movies to be about. Wish fulfillment. Going to, you know, the past and like, I I don't know, just all the things. I don't even know how to talk about this movie. So goddamn his his mom in the movie and how his mom like it's so weird. Like his mom wants like to like fuck him in the movie and like that whole subversion and that whole weird thing. And Crispin Glover is his dad and it's just. You know, of course. You are my density. Christopher Lloyd. I mean, what do you say? It's so goddamn good. That's I, what you I, yeah, say. I, I know. It's it's amazing. And it's like, this is the type of film where the the idea behind the film, like, this is like, this would, Works. if this were made today, people would be like, oh, that's a blacklist script. That's a great idea. We should make that movie. And then it would just get utterly shit out by some piece of shit studio. And it probably wouldn't be good. Right. But when it was made then by Zemeckis, man, this is just like heart in film. Like this is like everything I want. You know, I guess I'll stop talking about it. But 
Back to the Future. And, and of course, it's sequels, and I left the sequels off just like I'm going to leave sequels off of some other stuff. You don't like it's, the third one, do you? I like the third one, but it's not. It's no Back to the Future 1 or 2. Right. So, Robert Zemeckis, Back to the Future. I mean, I know everyone out there likes it, but for me, you know, it's my number three. It's, it's, I've, I've loved this film my whole life. It's just, it's everything to me. Uh, there were three trilogies when I was a kid that uh, we had the VHS trilogies, and we wore these trilogies out. Uh, some of my friends have heard this before, but the three trilogies for us were Indiana Jones, Back to the Future, and then Stars. another one that I'll talk about in a minute. What is Eric Hoff's number two? I used to call this movie my favorite wow film uh it's exciting but i recently uh no not even recently i you know decided that wasn't my favorite film anyways i'm talking about paul thomas anderson's boogie nights yes this is with mark Wahlberg, where he becomes a porn star uh in the late 70s and early 80s this is loosely based on real life porn star uh john holmes um he becomes so popular uh he he starts doing so well uh, however, he starts in on the slippery slope of drugs, and we get to see this powerful downfall that's just accompanied by this incredible cast and this incredible fucking soundtrack. Like, they need to do a screening of Boogie Nights where there's a dance floor also in the auditorium, so you can just fucking be getting down to the incredibleness of uh, Boogie Nights. What's great about it is it is like, I don't want to call it grim, but I appreciate how, like, it gets dirt underneath its fingernails when talking about the adult film business. Right. Um, it's just such a goddamn good movie. Well, let's do this right now. Okay. I've never seen Boogie Nights. What? Yeah. Yeah. Duh. I remember one fucking night we were in the Hastings parking lot. Rip. Rip Hastings. And I and you were talking about like you wanted to rent a movie or something. Does this oh, sound familiar? Oh, I don't know. Probably yes. I mean, you've told and me to see this for a long if time. If you want to see a piece of masterclass American filmmaking, watch Boogie Nights. Look, I'm a P.T. Anderson fan. I just I've never seen a lot of his earlier films. Honestly, Fantastic. I started watching his movies because of you, because of your love love of Boogie Nights. So. Love fucking Boogie Nights. Yeah. So that blows me away. I never seen it. Duh. I could I could have just moved on, right? Duh. Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. Okay, so there's a scene at the end. Okay. Okay, I'm not. I'm not going. I'm going to try to avoid spoilers. Uh, there's a robbery occurring. Okay. Okay. It's so fucking tense that when it concluded, I felt like I had an out of body experience. Wow. Like I was so involved in what I was seeing that when I came back to my senses, I was like. Oh shit! I'm just sitting in my mom's. I'm just sitting in my bedroom at my mom's house. Right. It was, I forgot where I was. Boogie Nights transported me to a different time and error. Hey, it was man. fucking magical. I want to see it. So I, that's awesome. So. It's. I've. I've always loved your love for Boogie Nights because I've. You know, it's a film I've never seen. I need to see it. Yes, Boogie Nights. Fire. Please give me your number two, sir. All right, so my number two is predictable if you know who I am because you know what my number one is. But my number two is, um, again, this is that thing where, you know, I'll make this quick. You know, it's a pop culture thing. Everybody loves these films now. It's a big deal. But, like, this is, like, my childhood. This is all I ever watch is all I fucking care about. And it's Star Wars A New Hope. And my favorite Star Wars film is not Empire Strikes Back, which everyone says is their favorite. I love Empire, but A New Hope is... My Star Wars. I watch this movie fucking over and over and over and over and over again. 
when I was a kid, you know, we had the VHSs, we had the three trilogies, like I spoke about earlier. This was one of them, and it was a new hope on fucking repeat. I love this film, and I love it how complete it is. Uh, it's a it's a start to finish film instead of you know, um, Empire Strikes Back is sort of the middle film, and then uh, Return of the Jedi is again a continuation. But I love the structure of A New Hope. It's this, you know, Luke you know, is found and then he goes off on this journey and then they, there's an ending to the film. And I really like that. Now I'm not saying that I'm against things like that. You know, I love force awakens, which doesn't really have an ending and things like that, but I love a new hopes, perfect structure. I feel like this is like the perfect fucking movie. I mean, it takes me to that goddamn place. It takes me to, you know, Tatooine and the fucking the cantina and just all those places. And you know, it's just, it, it's score is, you know, you can just play the score and I get goosebumps and I don't get goosebumps just because it's it's good. It just means so much to me. I watch this movie thousands of times with my dad. Like this and my number one, all my films really are related to my dad, which, you know, for whatever reason, that's what's important to me. He was kind of the one that got me into film uh, in this way. So yeah, Star Wars A New Hope. This is my favorite Star Wars and it's my number two. And I wasn't going to include any other Star Wars films. I was just going to say, like, I'm not a Star Wars guy. Right. But like, I can acknowledge that like, it's fucking Star right. Wars. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. even though I'm not going to be jocking Star Wars, like I can say like, yeah, yeah it's, man, it's fucking Star Wars. It's like, I think a lot of it's it, kind of like the franchise, yeah. the film. Yeah, it is. And now it is because it's so weird that it's so back and so in, um, you know, of course now we're getting them yearly. Yeah. Yearly. Uh, and, and I don't want to imply there it, it wasn't popular. This is like the most popular fucking movie right. of all time. Exactly. But it's so, it's crazy that like now it's the thing this and Marvel are like the fucking things like, and superhero films in general. Right. Um, you know, I'm not a superhero guy, but I am a fucking star Wars guy. So, um, this is everything I, I love. And like, you know, like I said, it's score. It's John Williams score is, I mean, I, in my opinion, this is the best score of all time. This, uh, I would say my number one is the, his best score, but it's mainly the theme of my next film. Uh, but this as a whole is like, it's like, it's, it's, I don't know. It's the best score fucking ever. The theme of fucking Star Wars, all of it is just like, it's, it's the thing. Like, right. it's the fucking Instantly thing. Instantly recognizable. Right, it is. Um, and so is my next film score, but that is my That's number true. two. What is Eric? I know what it is. You know what it is. But, we, we both know what our number ones are. We do. But uh, in fact, maybe you do already because we've definitely talked about both of these films in the past. We for sure have. So, what is Eric Hoff's number one favorite film of all time? Please proceed. It is Paul Verhoeven's 1987 science fiction satirical masterpiece, RoboCop. When I was young, da. I wanted to be RoboCop. Now, I'm not saying I wanted to be a fucking cop. I'm saying <laughs> I wanted to be RoboCop, all right? I wanted to be a fucking dead half-man, half-fucking-cyborg. You, okay? are, you are kind of some of that. You are dead inside, and you are a half-man, but you aren't a cyborg. You're, that's 100% true. Okay. I would get a fucking football helmet and wear it backwards. I couldn't fucking see, but in my head, I had his fucking helmet on, his fucking visor, and I'd walk around blindly pretending that I was RoboCop. Now, there's a story about RoboCop. When Let's I hear was, the story about okay. RoboCop. Years and years ago, in the Carlsbad Mall, there was a ro- there, excuse me, there was an arcade. 
It was called Aladdin's Castle. Yes. You remember. Okay. Yes. In Aladdin's Castle, there was a RoboCop pinball machine. And Easy spent many quarters. I'm only three years old. Okay. Okay. When this story takes place. I remember being obsessed with the goddamn pinball machine. Okay. You know, I'm three years old. I'm already obsessed with RoboCop. I'm obsessed with this pinball machine. It had dialogue from the film. Like after your last quarter, it would tell you something like, thank you for your cooperation. So anyways, we cut to a Saturday in my three-year-old life. Three years old. Okay. A Saturday. It's a Saturday, right? My mom is having company. And my mom is one of those people that if she's having company over, then the house must be clean. I think that's all moms. Okay. So she passes the responsibility of me being watched to my two older brothers. Okay, at this time, one of my older brothers is seven and my other older brother is 13. Okay, tasked with watching me. Okay. She's vacuuming underneath the fucking cushions of the couch. And what do I find? I find a fucking token to Aladdin's castle. And the only fucking thing that I want in the whole world is to go and play the RoboCop pinball machine, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I say, mom, three-year-old E-Dog. Pleading, mom, take me to Aladdin's castle so did I can you, play. Did you call her Da? I said, did I say Da? No, but you, mom, Da. <laughs> I'm pleading with her. Please take me to Aladdin's castle. But of course she won't because she's cleaning. So I go to my old Goddamn cleaning. So I go to my other, my two brothers, Darren and Jeff. Tell them, please take me to Aladdin's castle. They don't want to do it. So what does three-year-old Eric do? He walks. I set out by myself and walk to the mall. And no one gave a shit that you left? Nobody knew. Wow. My When they finally realized that I'm gone... You'd been run over. My mom thinks that my brothers have me, and my brothers think that my mom has me. Now, the mall wasn't that far from my parents' house. However, I had to cross Pierce Street. Now, Pierce Street in Carlsbad... is basically like an interstate. Is No, but it's fairly busy. Carlsbad's interstate. Right. I walked to the goddamn mall... With no shoes on, and I cross Pierce Street. Now, nobody knows where the fuck I am. Now, everybody's gone into a panic. Everybody is looking for baby three-year-old E-Dog. And there's a canal that runs near these neighborhoods. Everybody had this fear, possibly, I'd fallen into the canal. They've now involved the neighbors. That's a classic fear in this area, by the way. They're playing in the Arroyos. Right. Yeah, good. So now they've stirred up the neighbors. Now the neighbors are looking for me, right? All this is going on. They're going to various places, wondering, where am I? When my older brother remembers, I had found that fucking Aladdin's fucking castle token. I go, so they go to the mall, and there I am. I'm standing in front of the RoboCop pinball machine. Turns out it takes two fucking tokens. So I'm not even fucking playing it. I'm just standing in front of it, fucking mesmerized. Now... When my mom tells this story, she likes to put the emphasis on how dangerous it was. That three-year-old E-Dog, Eric Coffins, Eric Coffins, ventured out on his own just to fucking try to play the goddamn RoboCop pinball machine. But when I tell this story, I like to put the emphasis on, at three years old, I was already obsessed with RoboCop, and at 29 years old... You're just as obsessed. I'm just as obsessed, yes. Just a week or so ago, I rewatched it for my birthday. I found new shots in the film 
that I was like, God damn, that's excellent. The violence, the gore, the music, everything about it. Paul Verhoeven pretty much shaped my childhood. I love RoboCop so goddamn much. And it's shitty sequels in its remake. RoboCop is my shit. Which Scream Factory just put out. Yes, correct. Wow. So that's RoboCop. That was fantastic. That was amazing. I won't be able to top that, but I love that so much. Um, I've seen RoboCop. I don't like it as much as you, but I didn't see it when I was a kid, and that probably would have helped. But I do appreciate RoboCop. So um, that's fucking awesome. I've always, I've known at least of late, it's been your favorite film um, for quite a while. So uh, that's fucking awesome. So please. Thank you. Give me your number one favorite film of all goddamn time. I don't think that I can top that or, and I don't think that, you know, right now I'm trying to think of stories. I don't know. My mind's just, my mind's just set on, on tiny E dog shirtless, shoeless, shoeless and homeless crossing Pierce street interstate 10 <laughs> and fucking get into that goddamn pinball game. But the and show you know must what? go on. What's crazy is that nobody gave a damn about me either. No, like nobody it, fucking like, cares about like, you. They like, still don't like in terms of like the other people, right? Fucking three year olds are just walking around. That's fine. Go ahead. So, uh, that, that sounds like Carlsbad to me, but <laughs> yeah, no shit. Uh, so, but the show must go on. So Correct. I will attempt to explain why my number one film of all time, my favorite film of all time, the most important film to my life, the, the wickedly talented, the one and only, um, is Jaws. It's Steven Spielberg's Jaws. It's Steven Spielberg's best film. It's his most important film. It's the most goddamn important thing in my life whenever I was a kid. It, 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 you know, when you're a kid, you love sharks. I was a big shark kid. You know, I really liked sharks when I was a kid. I wanted to go to aquariums to see the goddamn sharks. And then you find out that there's this movie that your dad likes and it's called Jaws and there's a shark in it. And you watch it and the shark is great and it's amazing. And so you like it for that when you're a kid. But the older and older and older I get, just like you were saying about Robocop, you see new things. Every fucking time I see Jaws, I see new things. I see new moments between Brody and his wife or moments between Richard Dreyfus and Robert Shaw or little smaller moments between the fucking like deputy that's like trying to organize the shit and like, you know, yelling at people and he doesn't fucking care. And the fucking one of the best characters of all time that I never cared about when I was a kid is the mayor, the mayor. He, and we're going to keep those beaches open. <laughs> he has my, one of my favorite lines of all time, which is, you know, you yell Barracuda and everybody says, huh? What? But you yell shark. And we got a panic on our hands on the 4th of July. Um, just, Everything I've ever wanted, the way film should be made to this day, the way film, like the structure, the, the characters. I mean, a lot of, it's odd how, it's odd how a lot of like bigger budget blockbuster filmmaking today is like kids or teenagers are in these situations, right? But here's this huge blockbuster movie that basically started the blockbuster era and it's about adults, it's about oh, man, adults yeah. going on this journey and it's about Brody being afraid of the water, just simple things like that. But there is this shark they have to get. And it's just baffling, dude. I mean, it's just, it's just the, my favorite movie of all time. And every time I see it, you know, I, 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 I want to cry. I want to scream. I want to everything. Like I've seen it, like I'm seeing it for the first time. You know, this is just, I, I rewatched it for 4th of July. Actually at Milton's, we did a little screening out there, it's a private screening. We both recently rewatched our favorite films. Right. And you know, I saw new things in that, even on this piece of shit screen outside that they just set up on a horrible projector. And I saw new things. I saw new things then. I hear new things every time. It's just, it's everything I've ever wanted 
in film and it has some of my the scariest shots have scared me my whole life and people like to talk about like the rubber shark now and stuff and i just i'm not even gonna bring that up because to me it's everything that is sharks is that goddamn rubber shark right. to me like it's it's uh it's its own thing to me i don't care that it's that it's you know and then all the stories behind it this is like the first film where i really went deep into when i was younger I went deep into how this movie was made and the stories behind it and Spielberg's hatred of it because it was so hard for him to make and just, it's just the best ever. I mean, yeah, I fucking love this movie so much. Um, uh, stories about it are, you know, when my family first, we of course had it on VHS for years and years and years and I'd seen it a million times. But when DVDs came out, the first DVD I ever bought, I actually bought it Office Depot in Carlsbad because my dad was working there at the time. Long story on that. But he was working there at the time and I went there to see him and they had a little DVD section at the front and they fucking had Jaws. So I bought it. It was my first DVD I ever bought was Jaws and I watched all the special features on that DVD over and over again. Um, It had so many good documentaries on DVD. This cast, the story, the ocean, how they shot it on the ocean. Um, When you see films now, like they fucking suck if they're on the ocean. Uh, Aside from Dunkirk, which was fucking awesome. They shot out there on the ocean so you can feel the waves. You feel like you're out there. Um, They don't do that anymore. They did that in Jaws. And you can feel it. You can feel the ocean. It's the barrels. You're going to need a bigger boat. Jaws. And what's awesome is I feel like shark films are a genre now. Yeah. And I think that's great that like you almost have something to like provide, you know, obviously they're never going to be as good as Jaws. Yeah. But it's almost like something for you to look forward to, you know, like yeah. I, I don't have any dead cop movies to look right. forward to. Right. <laughs> yeah. Dead cyborg cop films to look forward to. So, that, so I think that's awesome that it's such a big and influential film that it yeah. created a genre of its own. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, everyone out there knows, but it's basically the fucking movie. Now, obviously, like, like you said, Star Wars is like the franchise, but Jaws has become like, if you ask any filmmaker today, who are the younger filmmakers like Dan Trachtenberg or like the guy that did uh, uh skull Island, um, their answer is always Jaws. It's always Jaws. Like every, this generation is like all so influenced by that film and Spielberg dude, like this is just him working on another level. It's such an adult film, but it's about them just going to kill this shark Quint, you know, Quint so goddamn good. I'll catch him. And I know that you're also a a strong proponent of the sequels. Yeah, I love Jaws 2. I've spoken about it before. I'll wrap it up with the sequels. I love Jaws 2. It's basically a slasher with a uh, shark. And then Jaws 3 is like a piece of shit, but I love it. And 4 is kind of an abomination, but it brings back Lorraine Gary, who is uh, uh, Brody's wife in the first film. And so I love that she's in it. Michael Caine's also in the fourth film. Uh, And it's bad, but I like it. Um, but two is fantastic. Please watch Jaws too. It's fucking awesome. But yeah, Jaws, my favorite film of all time. Everyone out there knows it, but I hope I was able to somehow exclaim why I like it so much. Absolutely. Also that score, by the way. Oh yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. So, so we, you've reached the end of this episode. Yes. I assume most people have seen these films, but at least, you know, uh, what else we like aside from right. horror films? We hope this episode w- was illuminating for you to find out what films me and Eric like. And I think our number ones perfectly encapsulate the difference between Eric and I. He grew up on RoboCop. I grew up on Jaws. Jaws. So I feel like it's a perfect representation of who we are and what we like. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you yes. like this episode. I know. Uh, I, thank you for going on this journey with us. If you're here at the end of the episode, Correct. Um, we will 
always forever do horror topics after this one, but we just wanted to do this. this right. We thought this would be fun. We hope that you enjoy it. We hope you find some films to watch in this that aren't horror, but trust me, we will now get back to our regularly scheduled horror topics. Yes. Long live the horror. Long live. And I think that's it. Uh, where can you find us on Instagram? You can find us on Twitter and on Instagram at Ghoul Squad FM. That's right. And then uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash Ghoul Squad FM. Uh, please do us a favor and leave us a review on iTunes. Yes, please. Um, and I just want to say here that uh, I feel like me and you are out of steam on this one. It's also kind of steamy in here. So uh, Keegan suggested I don't turn on the AC. That's true. So that is true. So, so it wouldn't come on and, and then the mic's picking and up. And it is a so hot as hell right now in my fucking kitchen. Scorcher in here by the way if you hear any buzzing in our episodes it's because we record right next to a goddamn refrigerator also let's hope that lightning got picked up yeah absolutely it's actually called thunder but that's okay like thunder and lightning okay <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this episode of the ghoul squad podcast i actually think we know what our next episode is going to be if you've made it this far we think our next episode of the podcast is going to be our top five John Carpenter films. Yes. So, like I said, we're going to get right back on it. John Carpenter, man. Fucking best ever. So. JC. <laughs> I ain't talking G- about Jesus Christ. <laughs> I ain't talking, I'm talking about, about JC. talking about the real Lord and Savior, John Carpenter. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. We hope that you will listen to our next one. And goodbye. Enjoy Eric's band, Prom Night, Night Girls. Girls, with Ghouls, you fucking back off. Ghouls, you fucking back off. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Move the back of the body